0: she's tori
1: and he's nick
0: and this is christmas 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 Yay. christmas christmas, christmas,
1: christmas, christmas.
0: christmas. christmas.
1: <laughs> so today for the holiday we are talking about the 1983 movie a christmas story
0: yeah. Yeah. And if Christmas isn't your thing, that's cool. I personally am an atheist, and yet I love Christmas, because Christmas is kind of a non-religious holiday to me. So
1: Yeah, it's kind of secular to me, too, because I, I grew up in a household that we didn't really go to church. My mom wasn't super religious, and we just celebrated Christmas as a family get-together slash Christmas. Christmas presents type holiday um, we did you know so for me it's never been super tied to religion I mean I did sometimes go to church on Christmas with, with my cousins but yeah but I mean I understand that it does have religious implications yeah, and obviously
0: parents a couple of times yeah
1: yeah and people and you know midnight mass is really fun like I've gone a couple times and I think it's just really pretty it's like a pretty ceremony oh and I
0: love going and listening like to like like choruses singing I love that. yeah like, so you go to like, a Catholic super church into and do... the religious Christmas music I yeah. love yeah that stuff is gorgeous so
1: totally so i mean that's fun but obviously some people don't celebrate christmas or they observe other holidays uh we just are watching a christmas movie and so we will be talking about christmas
0: that's right
1: christmas <laughs> i mean the movie has christmas in the title so it's kind of yeah, it's a
0: christmas story
1: it is it is all about yeah. christmas so a christmas story was released on november 18th 1983 It was based on Gene Shepard's semi-fictional anecdotes in his 1966 book, In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash, with some elements from his works, including books, short stories, and some of his tour material, which was never published. Also, that's a great title for a book, In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. It's very, very good.
0: I think the S in trust is a dollar sign, too.
1: Oh, nice, nice. the book, yeah. The screenplay was by Gene Shepard. Lee Brown, who's Shepard's wife, and Bob Clark, who also directed the film. Clark was an American film director, screenwriter, producer, and actor. He's best known for his work in the Canadian film industry through the 1970s and 80s, and he's responsible for some of the most successful films in Canadian film history, such as Black Christmas in 1974, Murder by Decree in 1979, Tribute in 1980, Porky's in 1981 and, of course, A Christmas Story in 1983. Yep. He also executive produced a remake of Black Christmas that came out in 2006 and was directed by Glenn Morgan.
0: Glenn Morgan. Glenn Morgan. Who we all know is oh.
1: Nick's favorite writer on The Glenn Exiles. Glenn Morgan. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Which kind of makes sense because then Glenn Morgan and James, I don't, was James Wong part of that too? They're the ones who started the um, Final Destination franchise. Oh, okay. wrote those and directed those. So, yeah, so I can see them with the Black Christmas kind of thing.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, a very eclectic uh, list of films when you think about, like, a Christmas story. But then, like, Black Christmas and then Murdered by Decree, which won a lot of awards. And then Porky's. It's very...
1: I've heard of Porky's. I don't know what it's about, but I've definitely heard that title.
0: It's, funnily enough, in the director's commentary of the DVD, Bob Clark and Peter Billingsley are talking about Porky's because that was one of the things like because Murder by Decree was a very serious movie and like very like award like centric movie kind of thing and then like he did Porky and I was like oh he sold out to do Porky's because it's like you know it's like a teen you know it's kind of like it's like the 1980s version of like American Pie basically sort of
1: okay. Um,
0: where it's like teens but they're in it's in the 50s and it's like you know teens like you know just running around I mean there's lots of like you know boobs in the movie that kind of stuff See, okay is, so like an exploitation movie kind of a little bit you could probably call it but they joke about the fact that, like the kids in Christmas Story, would actually be the same age if they grew up. That they are, the, they would be the kids in Porky's. Like they aren't the same kids, but like those would be the kids.
2: It's oh. like that same age.
0: It's like that same cohort as you move over because this movie's in the '40s, and so ten years later they'd be the kids in Porky's.
2: Oh yeah, so, yeah. Cool.
0: A Christmas Story is told through a series of vignettes, which are narrated by the main character as an adult that follow a larger story arc that may sound familiar to some people it actually is strongly cited as an influence on the wonder years, which uses that same idea of like looking back in time and then the mm-hmm. adult narrates the story. It's also very similar to Dylan Thomas's a child's Christmas in Wales, both in the style with being a series of vignettes, but then also the way the movie ends also ends very similar to a child's Christmas in Wales, which is awesome. You should listen to it. it's readily available. If you're going to listen to it, listen to Dylan Thomas reading it because he is fantastic. It's like 19 minutes long. Don't watch any of the crappy movies that were made that were based on it. Just don't, 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 <laughs> don't. Just listen to the ninety-minute audio. It's fantastic. The running time of a Christmas story is ninety-four minutes, so it fits that hour and a half slot that most movies try to hit back in the day. It cost three point two five million to make, and this is not adjusted. So in nineteen eighty-one, it cost three point two five million to make, and it had a U.S. box office of twenty point six four million. 2 million of that was actually made in the first weekend. Nice. So. Strangely, it came out November 18th and yet was out of theaters by the time Christmas came around. It was actually not playing at Christmas time. So,
1: yeah, I feel like movies used to have a shorter run, like they would just put yeah. them in theaters for a couple Oh, minutes. and also
0: when they were gone, they were gone, right? There was yeah. no there was no place for them to go back then. So, yeah, you saw it in the theater and then, you know, I mean, we're talking Like very early VHS, you know, this at this time, that wasn't really a thing. Cable channels weren't really that big yet. So, yeah, right on the cusp of all that stuff. So, yeah. So our players in order of appearance are.
1: We have Ralphie as an adult narrating the story.
0: And that is actually Gene Shepard himself doing the narration. He also has a sort of, I guess you'd call it cameo towards the end of the movie. He is the man who is standing in line for Santa.
1: Nice. And then we have Ralphie Parker, who is credited as Ralphie,
0: and that is Peter Billingsley, who at least my age, most people probably know him one from this. But then also he was Messy Marvin in the Nestle Quick commercials, uh, and then he also was on Real People, which was a television show that was uh, kind of the progenitor to that kind of style of like you know like that's incredible that kind of stuff. People was the original one, and he was on that for a little bit as well. So,
1: nice.
0: Uh, many people auditioned for this role two of them were sean astin and will wheaton both auditioned for the role of ralphie parker they oh cool so yeah yeah peter billingsley was actually bob clark's first choice but he thought he was too obvious and so they went through all this casting and then he went back and decided to pick out peter billingsley to be <laughs> him. so
1: yeah i mean sometimes you have to make sure you have to see what your options are before you realize that your first choice yeah. is actually the correct one so yeah that makes sense Billingsley also appeared as a kid in Punky Brewster, so people my age might have seen him on that. And he currently plays former Stark industry scientist William Ginter Riva in the MCU, so he was that role in the movie Iron Man and also Spider-Man Far From Home. And he played Ming Ming in Elf, and Ming Ming is the elf who comes to Buddy when Buddy's making the Etch-A-Sketches and like asks him how many he's made and they have a conversation and buddy's like, Oh, I'm just, I'm the, you know, the worst. And he's like, no, buddy, you're not a cotton headed ninny muggins. And then, you know, he's also the elf that buddy over here is talking about how they have to have people cover for him because he's slowing down production. So he has a pretty big role in that movie. And I was pretty surprised because when I saw the name Ming Ming, I was like, he's probably just some background guy, but yeah, he actually has a pretty big part in that.
0: Yeah. I've never seen elf. Cause I'm not really a fan of, um, What's his name? The star. I'm such a fan of him. I can't remember his name at the moment. So, oh yeah, totally,
1: Will Ferrell. Yeah. yeah. What's funny is I, I said the same thing when that movie came out, and people were like, no, no, it's really good, and like, I really love it now. I watch it pretty much every year. So, it's
0: yeah, a fun one. It, yeah, yeah. He actually is in a lot of Christmas things just because of A Christmas Story. Like mm-hmm. people have not come on as like a as a like cameo, right? Because it's Peter Billingsley kind of thing. So
1: yeah, yeah, a little small part. So, and then we have Randy Parker. Who's Randy, Ralphie's little brother.
0: Mm-hmm. And he is played by Ian Petrella.
1: And then we have Flick.
0: Who's one of Randy's friends. And he is played by Scott Schwartz, who people probably know also he was in the movie Toy with Richard Pryor. He plays this rich kid who gets Richard Pryor as a present, actually.
1: Oh, Okay. And then we have a character named Schwartz, who's not Yeah, which is kind of confusing. We have Scott Schwartz
0: playing (laughs) Flick, and then we have a character named Schwartz, who's also one of the (laughs) one of Ralphie's friends, and he is played by R.D.
1: Robb. And then we have Mr. Parker, Ralphie's dad, who is credited as the old man.
0: The old man. Darren McGavin.
1: Yep. Darren
0: motherfucking
1: McGavin. Good old Darren McGavin. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, it was really weird seeing him walk on a screen because he's like carrying a newspaper and you just think it's Kolchek, but it's not, it's not Kolchak.
0: Yeah, this is about nine years after Kolchak the Night Stalker TV series, 11 years after the first Night Stalker movie. So, yeah, he's actually 61 in this movie. Okay. uh, Which means he actually technically could be Ralphie's grandpa as far as age goes.
1: Mm -hmm. He doesn't look it though. No. And then we have Ralphie's mom, Mrs. Parker.
0: Yep, And she is played by Melinda Dillon. She was nominated for a Best Supporting Actress for both Close Encounters of the Third Kind and Absence of Malice in the former Close Encounters. She also played a mom. She is the mother of the child who's abducted by aliens in Close mm-hmm. Encounters of the Third Kind.
1: Okay.
0: Then she also played a mom in Harry and the Hendersons. That's three moms. And then one of her Most recent credits was in an episode, the final episode actually, of Picket Fences, where she prominently plays a mom.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah. She made a career out of being a mom.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, sort of. I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm sure she had other roles, but yeah,
0: she had yeah, has had lots of other roles. So yeah.
1: And then we have Ralphie's teacher, Miss Shields.
0: Yep. And she is played by Teddy Moore, who was actually in Bob Clark's Murder by Decree in 1979. And then was also in two episodes of Friday the 13th, the series, I found out. So interesting.
1: Oh, nice. I've
0: talked about that several times. Sometimes when we talk about um, Supernatural.
1: Yeah. And then we have Scott Farkas.
0: Who, honestly, I always thought was called Scott Farkas. I did not know his name was Scott. It's S-C-U-T. But it is. That's what he's credited as. He is played by Zach Ward. He also appeared in one episode of Friday the 13th, the series. And in one episode of forever night Yay. and other stuff as well. But yeah, those are the, those are the, you know, we, we tend to hit certain things. So well, well, it's just
1: things like different. that stand out. The I think. Ping. And so those were yeah. the things that we're like looking at the page. Yeah. Going, oh, I, know what that is. The,
0: I want to rewatch mm-hmm. radar. So
1: yeah. like, if you were in psych, it's going to get mentioned. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> or leverage. Psych. Oh, lever- no one has been in leverage so far. I'm waiting for the day that I get to talk about leverage. Okay. It'll happen. i mean on on purpose not just because i randomly bring it up
0: (laughs) well maybe someday Tori. maybe someday
1: someday i'll get my chance i'll be like oh my god this guy was in leverage and then we have grover dill
0: yep he's played by yano anaya and then we have some additional uncredited roles so lee brown who we mentioned is Gene Shep, real-life wife, and is, actually has some screenwriting credit for this movie. She appears as the woman with the man in line for Santa, and so she actually plays the wife of a character played by her actual husband while they're waiting for Santa. Nice. And then Bob Clark appears as Swede, who is one of the Parker's neighbors.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah. It's a good cameo.
0: Yeah, it is a good cameo. It's a pretty good scene. All right, so let's get into it. So, of course, the movie opens and you get, you know, Metro Golden Mare Presents, a film from the works of Gene Shepard, and then we have this nice Christmas music playing. It's actually Deck the Halls, but it's, like, instrumental, but we get the little
2: fa-la-la-la-la,
0: that kind of stuff, and then, boom, it's a Christmas story.
1: And then with the Christmas music playing, we get a shot of, like, a daytime snowy Cleveland street with houses, and there's cars, and for some reason, I thought this movie took place in the 60s or 70s. I don't know why I thought that. I have no reason to have thought that, but I did. And so then when I saw these cars that are like 1930s, 1940s cars, I was like, whoa, this takes place way earlier than I thought.
0: Yeah. And Cleveland Street is the street that our characters live on.
1: Yes. So-
0: Which just confusing because it's actually filmed in Cleveland at some point. So yeah,
1: (laughs) so it's not a snowy Cleveland Street. It is Cleveland Street. Cleveland Street. Street. Live on. Yes. And then it's nighttime in downtown Holman, and we see all these people going up to this big store window at Higby's. It's a big department store, and they have this amazing display that they do every year for Christmas. Obviously, the display changes every year, so everyone comes to see it. And this one has a bunch of toys and a bunch of, like, Raggedy Ann dolls and some really cool-looking stuff and, like, a train on a track that's going through there. And then it's got the best toy of all, according to Ralphie, which is a Red rider BB gun.
2: hmm
1: And he's very, very into staring at it through the window.
0: That is the gift he wants most for Christmas. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of cool because like we get we get the we get the Cleveland street in daytime, and then that's when we first like see Ralphie, right? And him and his brother Randy come running out of their house and they meet up with their friends and they're running down the street. And then when we transition to nighttime, it's Ralphie and his brother Randy and his friends, and they're getting off the bus because they're actually coming downtown to go look at the store window. So it's kind of like kids were just allowed to hop on the bus and head down <laughs> down. That was that's kind of cool, I thought.
1: And then yeah. they're all like
0: looking at the Randy's got like his face all pressed against the glasses, and nose is all like. It's like a pig that's all pushed up against the glass and smearing <laughs> his face all over it looking at the toys and stuff. So yeah. Did you have a store like that when you grew up that would do like the like the holiday displays where like all the whether it be like a toy store or just like like a department store that would do like the fancy window displays for the holidays? Did you guys have that
1: in? Yeah, I mean not uh-huh. in like Tahoe. Lake Tahoe didn't really have Big department stores they still don't really we had like Kmart that I worked at when I was a teenager but we would go to the mall in Santa Rosa pretty much every year and so there were like usually big window displays and like a big Santa display there and then also we would go like Christmas shopping in Reno and there was like a big mall there and so they would have lots of like you know the big toy store display and stuff like that
0: okay because where i grew up in hanford and hanford california not hanford washington i did not grow up in a toxic waste area hanford california the downtown it was a very small town like when i was Mm -hmm. born i think the town was like twenty-five thousand people but like the little downtown stores a big string of them would have like their windows would be like displays of like almost similar to this like with the snow and like big train draining across the windows and like little animatronic you know elves and animals and stuff like that and that was also like the the street that like the Christmas parade would go down to. Oh,
2: so nice! It was kind of
0: very similar to this. And then when my wife and I moved up here to Portland as adults, the Fred Meyer building, which was actually where the Macy's used to be in
1: oh, downtown okay.
0: Portland, would also have like, like that kind of stuff. They had like penguins and all that kind of stuff, like animatronic. So it was kind of nice, like a nice little transition to like that's what I grew up with, and then I moved here as an adult. Mm-hmm. And that was also, I mean, it's not there now, but.
1: Yeah, downtown Seattle. At least, I mean, I haven't been to downtown Seattle during Christmas in a while. But when I first moved here, the Nordstroms and the Bon Marché, which is now Macy's, would both have massive window displays too that would change mm. every year. And Nordstroms would build like the Santa house like outside, so it was kind of like oh, coming wow. off the building, but it would be like outside. And then you know, would go in to get inside it, but like it would like stick out. So <laughs> there was a lot of a lot of Christmas stuff going on in downtown Seattle.
2: It's pretty. Oh wow.
1: It's pretty, and they would put like lights in Westlake Park and have the carousel going during the holidays. They have like they put a carousel there that's not normally there anyway. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty neat. Cool. And then Bellevue, if you want to go to the rich person mall, does like fake snow every like hour like inside and they have like this christmas parade thing they do but if you're like shopping there at night like in the evenings they start dropping fake snow every hour it's weird but oh yeah i don't know <laughs> if you can't get enough snow in washington you can just go to the bellevue mall bellevue square and they'll they'll rain snow down on you
0: fake snow will come up later when we're talking yeah. about some stuff about the movie yeah huh I, I just have a thing where anytime i know it's A town and it's like a fancy town kind of like from what I understand in Washington but anytime someone says Bellevue I just think of like like insane asylum like kind of like hospital (laughs) because of like television (laughs) New York and all that kind of stuff
1: yeah yeah. no Bellevue is like where drop them off at
0: Bellevue so yeah
1: Bellevue butts up right (laughs) against Redmond where Microsoft is and so it's like literally there's I mean I used to live in Bellevue like three blocks from the Microsoft campus. (laughs) uh, Yeah. yeah, It's a lot of rich people. there, And there are some really massive mansions and they have like these hillside. I used to cat sit there. So I used to cat sit for rich people in their mansions. And my job was like, when they were on their three week European vacation for the holidays, I would be going to their house every day to like feed their cats and stuff. Oh yeah. So a lot of cool houses. There are a lot of cool houses
0: there. Speaking of houses. So then we transfer back to Ralphie's house. And Ralphie's laying in his bed and he's just still just dreaming about that Red Rider BB gun. And he's trying to figure out how he's gonna manage to get one for Christmas. And then his mom calls him down for breakfast, and then he and his brother have a little fight. And then Ralphie slips into his parents' bedroom and he's got like his copy of Boy's Life, and on the back of it's got a big ad for a Red Rider BB gun. So he like tucks it into her magazine so that she'll find it when she goes to look at her look magazine. So he's sneaky. And then they head downstairs for breakfast. And then the old man shows up. He's got he's reading his newspaper talking about sports. And his wife kind of doesn't know really what's going on. But she's like, that's nice, dear. You know, just kind (laughs) of like whatever. And then he talks about some dude who swallowed a yo-yo. And she's like, oh, it's so silly what they put in the newspapers. Like, what are you talking about? That's real news. That's not just (laughs) political stuff. That's good stuff, right? So even though it's like silly, he thinks it's new. And also we get a nice little cold check thing with the news. It's news. So that's nice too. Uh And then he's doing his crossword puzzle because he does these crossword puzzles that give out prizes. And he's doing one about the great characters of literature. And one of the questions is what was the name of the Lone Ranger's nephew's horse? His wife knows it's Victor. He's very impressed that she knows. Mm-hmm. She is very confused that that's part of the great characters literature. But anyway, the grand prize is fifty thousand dollars.
2: Whoa, whoa!
0: Which in if that money was now, that but it's just shy of a million dollars. It's oh
1: nice my gosh, money.
0: Yeah, it's like nine hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: Yeah, inflation, people,
1: kind of get you.
0: Yeah. But Ralphie's just sitting there eating his breakfast, and he's trying to figure out, like, how he's going to get this Red Ryder BB gun. And so he blurts out that one of his friends saw grizzly bears near the candy store. And all his family is just like, (laughs) what? And he realizes he overplayed his hand. And so then he tries to backtrack, and he's like, Dad, you'll never guess that I got you for Christmas. And his dad is like, a new furnace. Because his dad, apparently... (laughs) has battles going with the furnace and then like she's you know the mom is like you guys need her and finish eating you're late for school and the dad has to be like i'm gonna be late too so he goes he leaves heads outside and then his mom asks ralphie what he would like for christmas and he just blurts it out like he realizes later that he made a mistake but he's like i want a carbon action red rider blah, 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 blah. you know just like all the specifications and she's like oh you'll shoot your eye out and he's like, oh, no, because he's not going to get a BB gun because if he gets one, he's going to shoot his eye out. Yep. So.
1: Yeah. I thought him placing the ad in his mom's magazine was really clever. That was smart. Mm-hmm. I was never that tactical as a kid.
2: <laughs>
1: I was always just like, I want this toy. <laughs> Please get me this toy. I will mm-hmm. be very disappointed if I don't have this toy. Santa needs to bring me this toy. Yeah. Also, I never wanted a BB gun. But I also was is not a,
0: a BB gun is not a toy. It's, <laughs> you know, personal protection. I
1: mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. So um, My mom didn't let us have anything that shot projectiles of any kind. So that was like the rule. We weren't allowed to have toys or guns that shot things out. Uh, we did eventually convince her to let us have Nerf guns with like little Nerf darts. And then we would have Nerf darts all over the house because people would shoot them and never pick them up. And they'd be like behind the couch and stuff. So I'm sure she loved that. But yeah, that was the only thing we were allowed to have.
0: Yeah, I'm the oldest child, so I'm, I was not allowed to even have, like, cap guns because guns mm-hmm. were bad. My brother, however, as the second child, had, like, cap guns and just, yeah, he got everything. So I, I got that first kid syndrome of, like, no, you can't have this. And then the second kid is, <laughs> like, whatever, let the second kid have whatever, fine. Yeah, oh, yeah, so,
1: 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get a daydream sequence where Ralphie is imagining these robbers coming over the fence And they're like sneaking up to the house and his family's all scared and they're all huddled together going, Oh no, what are we going to do? And Ralphie's like, you know, I'll save you, whatever. And he's got the BB gun looking out the window. And then these robbers are wearing like striped black and white shirts and black pants, like very like cartoon robber look. They
0: got little domino masks on.
1: Mm -hmm. And they come into the yard and he starts like firing the gun and they're like, Oh no, it's a red rider BB gun. And then they're like, like <laughs> crawl back over the fence and are like ah retreat retreat so and then you know he shot a couple of them dead and that's his fun little fantasy sequence
0: yeah his family doesn't know i mean they get him a bb gun they'll be safe they don't yeah
1: he'll be able to protect them yeah. i guess
0: i like the fact too that they do the little they actually give them the people little x's for eyes after he shoots them they're like, uh-huh
1: they're like, yeah they're no it's really cute
0: yeah so he gets busted out of his daydream sequence, though, because the old man comes back in and he is cursing because the Oldsmobile has frozen up. because It's wintertime, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's old. And so he's, like, getting some hot water to, you know, loosen up the Oldsmobile, and he's just cussing, cussing, cussing. Not, like, real cussing. It's, like, faking cussing. So, but it's supposed to be, like, real cussing. And the mom's, like, little pictures. Like, hey, stop cussing. The kids are still here kind of thing. And then as he's doing that, there's this noise that almost sounds like an animal growl at first, and
2: mm-hmm. then you
0: realize it's the furnace, and it's like, and then like smoke starts coming up from the vent in the kitchen, and he's like, "It's a clanger!" And he runs down, and then we get narration about how like his dad is like known across the Midwest as like one of the most famous furnace battlers of the world, and then also that his dad is very well known for weaving tapestries of foul language as he battles the furnace Mm -hmm. and then he's like for christ's sake open up the damper will you who the hell turned it down all the way again and we found like the mom had turned the damper down on the furnace and so she's like trying to reach over there and fix it and he's just cursing 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 (laughs) it's great
1: yeah yeah and then apparently that gets sorted out and we see the mom getting randy ready for school and so she's like pulling the snowsuit on over his clothes. And it's, it seems like it's a pretty big project because she's like got to get his arms in and then got to get his boots on. And by the time she's done, he stands up and he's still wrapped in these layers of like winter clothing that he can't lower his arms. And so he's like, She like pulls a scarf on his mouth because he keeps trying to say something and he's like, I can't lower my arms. And she keeps trying to push his arms down, but they just pop back up. And she's like, Well, just lower your arms when you get to school, it'll be fine.
0: Yeah, and wraps him back Sounds up. Like, yeah,
1: well. Arms down. He's
0: crying, crying,
1: crying. Yeah. And then we see the kids walking to school, and Flick and Schwartz come up, and they come out of their houses, and they start talking about how like one of them heard that if you put your tongue on a light pole, it'll stick to it in the winter; it'll like freeze to it. Mm-hmm. And then Randy falls down, and he can't get up, and so Ralphie like runs over and like has to help him up because like. He keeps trying to, like, roll, but he can't, like, move his arms. and so He can't he move the body, yeah. That's, <laughs> like, help him He's up. like
0: the Michelin man. He's, like, he's just, like, oh, like, yeah.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, I grew up in a ski town, so I definitely had, I've definitely worn, like, ski bibs and snow bibs and stuff over my clothes and, like, had to wear, like, a big jacket and stuff to go to school. And I could never, like, I never lost motion in my arms, but I definitely feel <laughs> the pain of having that many layers piled on you and you're just, like, can barely move and then you. You have to get in and out of the car, and it's just such a hassle.
0: Yeah. When Ralphie and Randy are coming out of the house to meet Flick and Schwartz, too, you can still hear, like, the old man down in the basement, like, cursing at the (laughs) furnace. So, he's
2: yeah. It's an
1: ongoing battle. And then they get to school, and the kids are passing around. I'm not exactly sure. I guess they're fake teeth. I don't know if they're supposed to be fake teeth. I don't know what they're supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, I don't
0: know if they're supposed to be wax teeth or if they're, like, I mean, it's supposed, it's supposed to be the 40s. So I don't think they're plastic, but they're, like, fake. Like, now we'd probably call them, like, hillbilly teeth. Like, the whole, like, janky-looking, like, fall, fake teeth you stick in your mouth. And be all, like, Ooh, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. So they're and all so passing those So they're passing those,
1: those around, and they all put them on. And so when Miss Shields turns around... They're all like, good morning, Miss Shields. And they're all wearing these fake teeth. And so she just kind of like stands up and has them come. And they all walk up to the front of the room. And they spit the teeth in her hand, which, (laughs) Very glad I did not decide to become an elementary school teacher. I don't think they
0: spit the teeth in her hand. I think they pulled them out and put them in her hand. They probably
1: do, but still they're probably still
0: covered in saliva. They're covered in their
1: little saliva, though. And no, thank you. And she like dumps them into her drawer of confiscated stuff because clearly she has confiscated plenty of stuff.
0: Yeah, there's like teeth chattering, like the googly eyeglasses, and just all kinds of like fake mice and spiders and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's recess time and Schwartz is talking with flick because Schwartz is the one who was saying like, you know, my old man said, if you stick your tongue to a light pole, it'll freeze. And flick is like, your old man's crazy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And he's like, I double dare you to do it. And flick's like, no, I'm not going to do it. You're that's ridiculous. And then Schwartz is like, I double dog dare you. And then we get narration talking about how like, there's like this etiquette that you have to do. It's very, You know, it's like almost like diplomacy kind of thing of how you do this kind of stuff. And then Schwartz apparently like breaks etiquette because he skips triple dare and goes straight to a triple dog, dare you. And so like there's no going back there. Flick has to do this or like his reputation will just be.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So
0: he like sticks his tongue to the flagpole and it sticks. He's stuck.
1: (laughs) He's like, oh, it's
0: stuck, it's stuck, it's stuck. And then the bell rings. <laughs> he's like he's like
2: don't leave me guys don't leave me
0: and he's like but the bell rang <laughs> and so they all just run in to the classroom and leave flick out in the it's actually starting to snow now and he's just out there like waving his arms like he's stuck to the flagpole and then so they're all sitting at their desk and Mrs. shield is like where's flick has anybody seen flick he was at recess wasn't he and like no one knows who flick is apparently and then one of the yeah. girls like. Points to the window, Mrs. Shield runs over the window, and you see Flick just like standing there, like his arms are <laughs> waving around. He's just like stuck to the pole. She's like, Oh my god! And then, like, all the kids get up and run to the window. Mrs. Shields goes outside. Well, I should say, all the kids run the window except for Ralphie and Schwartz. They just sit at their desk, like,
2: mm, mm,
0: mm, so not suspicious at all. They're the ones no. that get up. And then, Mrs. Shields is out there, and then the fire truck pulls up, and one kid at the window is like, Oh wow, the fire department! and Ralphie's like, Oh no. <laughs> and it's like, it's the cops. He's like, oh, great. And so <laughs> the cops and the fire department manage they I think they just yank him off. Like they don't use like warm water or anything. Yeah, just, they like, just kind of pull <laughs> and they just, like, they just him, him off.
1: Him off. <laughs> yeah. Ouch.
0: Yeah. Cause then Flick comes in and he's got like a big like wall of badges on his tongue. And it's just like his tongue's all sticking out of his mouth. And he's got this big like thing stuck to it. And then, like, he's refused to say who made him do it, but Mrs. Shields knows that someone put him up to it. And so she gives a little speech about how, like, you know, that the guilt you feel will be worse than <laughs> any punishment. And they're like, yeah, right. No, it's, you know, we know it's better not to get Every
1: caught. Every kid knows that's not true. Every kid <laughs> yeah. knows it's better to get caught, is what Ralph. Yeah. But she's standing
0: right in front of Schwartz and Ralph. Yeah, she's doing her. I think she probably knows. I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
2: obviously,
0: like, they're the ones, they're the two kids who didn't get up. But anyway, yeah. So, Ralphie's, she's, like, saying, like, I don't know who did this. And Ralphie's, all like, looking around behind him, like, oh, I wonder who did
2: it. Yeah, I don't know. So,
0: <laughs> But then, so, she finishes her little speech, and then she assigns them a Christmas theme. They're going to write an essay about what they want for Christmas. And Ralphie <gasps> thinks this is his way out. He's going to write such an awesome essay that Mr. Shields will, like, somehow it's going to work out. Like, he'll be able to get his BB done because, yeah, we don't know how this is supposed to work. He actually doesn't know either. He says, like, somehow it'll work.
1: Yeah, um, I had some questions about his logic there. I'm like, I don't understand how your teacher liking your essay unless maybe she tells his parents about this. Or essay maybe he, and-
0: you know, he'll come home with like an A plus and show it to his mom, and then his mom will read it and realize, like, wow, he did. Such I really a good should, job. Deserves, yeah, yeah, he deserves, yeah,
1: he deserves. You know, to or parent-teacher
0: kind. conference or something, yeah, who
1: knows? Yeah, yeah,
2: or maybe okay. she'll,
0: she'll be so moved, she'll buy it for him. Like, yeah, maybe knows? I yeah. don't know. Yeah, who knows? Yep. Yeah. And so then the kids are walking home from school and we get introduced to Scott Farkas, who is the bully of the town (laughs) and he has yellow eyes. So help me God, yellow eyes. And then he's got a little toady friend named Grover Dill. who's like a little tiny dude, but it hangs out with the bully. So he gets to beat up people too. And then Randy gets knocked down. And so he just lays there and plays dead. And then Schwartz gets beat up. And I then
1: love Randy playing, that. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's clever, clever kid. And
0: then they throw shorts back, and I'm like, who's next? And they all scream and run. And so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there is a town bully, Scott yeah. Well, I always thought it was Scott Farkas, honestly. So, but apparently, it's Scott. Who knew?
1: <laughs> you learn something every year,
0: yeah, read the credits, and you learn stuff Ooh, crazy.
1: So Ralphie gets home and he checks the mail because weeks ago he sent away for this decoder pin and it hasn't come yet. So oh man. kind of a bummer. Yeah, I remember ordering stuff in the mail and be super... We didn't have a mailbox in front of my house because I I don't know, it was in a weird little town. Uh, so we had to go to the post office, but the post office oh. was like just a little... It was basically like it wasn't a fully functional post office. The one that my mail was at. It was just like a bunch of mailboxes. So you would go in and like get your mail. And it was pretty much right next door to my street. So we could like go on our way home from school. We could like walk over there oh. and check the mail if we wanted. Um, but you couldn't just do it at your house. You had to like go to the next Yeah, walkover. everything that you
0: cut coupons off for and mailed off was always like six to eight weeks for delivery.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Six to
0: eight weeks for delivery.
2: Yep.
1: So Ralphie writes his theme about what he wants for Christmas. Which is of course a red rider bb gun Mm -hmm. and he talks about how it has a compass in the stock and this thing which tells time so it's got all these really handy features that'll obviously come in handy when he's using it to protect the home from robbers and villains and i like
0: when he's when he's reading his sentence when he reads that sentence that he wrote he's like oh
1: that's good he's like (laughs) no he's really proud of his writing and then he also mentions that i don't think a football is a very good christmas present because i guess he has to like contrast it with other things you might get for christmas yeah, well you, you want to write a
0: fool yeah you know
1: yeah Well, you want to make all your points right like you know yeah, i can get do. this here's why i should have it and here are things that you know aren't that good
0: yeah also i think that maybe but i disagree yes
1: which is fair i mean i don't think i would have liked the football as a christmas present either as a kid no. so i get it
0: it's also funny because this entire essay is like three sentences
1: i know <laughs> It's so well written. It's such a clever argument for why he should have it.
0: He's just very concise and efficient in his.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then the old man gets home and we learn that their hillbilly neighbors, the Bumpuses, have at least 785 dogs. Yeah. He calls smelly hounds. And we smelly see like dogs. a gaggle of dogs like following. I want to call him Darren McGavin, but following Mr. Parker. You can following Mr. Parker inside and like up on the porch. And apparently he's the only person the dogs like. So they just follow him around all the time. And he manages to like shake them off and get inside. And he starts announcing that he won. He won something. He got a telegram and he doesn't know what it is, but it's coming tonight. So he won some big prize and it's coming tonight. He's very Apparently the
0: telegram was late. So I guess it was dated saying the stuff's coming tomorrow, but the telegram was late. So it's actually coming tonight. Yeah. And he's so it's happy, he, let, he lets the dog, he, like, sticks his leg out the door and lets the dogs have a chew on his leg. And then, <laughs> yeah, he's excited. He's super excited. He thinks they might get a bowling alley, possibly.
1: Oh, yeah. That no, guy he, in
0: won a bowling alley. Yeah.
1: And, and the wife is like, how would they deliver a bowling alley? And he's like, a deed, a deed. <laughs> they'll deliver the deed yeah i thought that was good it was a fun conversation i don't know my grandma (laughs) used to enter all these contests just like insane amounts of contests i honestly i think i got some of that from her like she's also the one who bought lotto tickets and i'm just like yeah i gotta buy a lotto ticket because i can't win if i don't play which is a terrible system but true You know I mean, what that happens? Is
0: like, that is the, the truest statement that you could ever say about lotto tickets. It's like, you yeah. will not win if you don't play.
1: Yeah. So. You probably won't win if you play, but
0: no, but um, you definitely won't if you don't My grandma suppose.
1: was so into contests and she occasionally won stuff, but it was always like really small, weird little stuff. I don't know. And she also got like 500 million catalogs because she would subscribe oh, yeah. to the catalog to enter the contest because she thought it would help. And so we ended up with like five. Yeah, anyway, I don't know kind of reminded me of my grandma that's all
0: <laughs> yeah and then he's like come on Ralphie, let's look at something to eat getting riches hard workers hungry work or something like that <laughs> he just figures he's like life is set now he's gonna he won a major award he's set
1: yeah exactly yeah. and then we see the parkers around the dinner table and it looks like they're having meatloaf and mashed potatoes i think mm-hmm. and they're all seated there except for the mom who is of course going around serving everybody yeah. And then she sits down and we learn that Randy has not voluntarily eaten in three years because yeah, he's
0: just playing with his food. Yeah, he's
1: just yeah, he's like building a mashed potato volcano. And he's just I also
0: I would say he's like, yeah, it's very um, I wonder if that's like because she was in Close Encounters. And so oh. I wonder if that's intentional with the mashed potatoes because, you know, she plays the mom with the kid gets abducted. And then Richard Dreyfuss, he's the one who's like like getting like the whatever you want to say, like the alien messages or something and so he builds the big mashed potato mountain that the spaceship is going to land Mm -hmm. on So I wonder if that's a reference to this too it
1: might be yeah I wouldn't be surprised and then the father asks the mom for more so like she's about to eat and he's like can I have some more so she has to get up and get him more because I don't this is the 40s I guess and men can't (laughs) get up and get their own food off the stove for some reason Well, he's
0: reading his paper his hands are kind of full he's reading his paper he's trying to eat dinner (laughs)
1: I would I mean, not have done well in any of these households with <laughs> the traditional. I would have been like throwing mashed potatoes in their faces, been like, no, get your own. Want potatoes? I'm going to dump this pot of potatoes over your head. Anyway, you should all come to my house for dinner. In so- fairness, he
0: wanted more <laughs> red cabbage, not
2: mashed potatoes. So. Oh,
1: true, true. Yeah. So she gets him the, you know, the seconds and then finally sits down and then tries to get Randy to eat.
2: And well, then she sits
0: down, and then and then and then Ralphie wants stuff. She has to get up and give Ralphie some more stuff too.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So Randy doesn't want to eat his food, so she tries to get him to eat. And so she's like, and the dad is getting agitated, you know, because the kid won't eat, and he's he doesn't want to be bothered by it. He's trying to. really get a
0: plunger and like push the food into his mouth.
1: Yeah, so he kind of gets kind of like. Mm. And so the mom's like, "No, no, let me take care of this." And she's like, "Honey, how does a piggy eat in a trough? How does a piggy eat?" And then the kid just starts like putting his face in the plate to show her how a pig eats and just like, yeah, it's, I mean, I guess it works. You do what you have to when you're a parent. I don't have kids. My cat is exactly like Randy though. He won't voluntarily eat. I have to like bribe him and try and like put stuff on his food and like put plates in front of him and then like microwave it. Now I have to heat up his food, which just smells so gross.
0: I mean, have and- you tried asking him like whose mommy's a little piggy?
1: I have not, but I don't think he cares. cares. Maybe
0: he'll just start snorting and like Randy was into it. Randy was having the time of his life.
1: Oh yeah. He was, was, I feel like he was making a mess more than he was eating, but I guess he was probably getting some residual food. Uh, Yeah. yeah, There was some,
0: there was some food going (laughs) in his mouth at some point. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I mean, I I relate to that on that level just because I'm always trying to get my cat to eat and it's just, my other cat will eat anything literally at any time. So I don't have that problem, but the other cat locks just like not doesn't want to eat food so
0: yeah his what mom is just do? she's so happy she's just laughing and she thinks it's oh like yeah a like
1: whose mom is a little piggy oh, yeah. Um,
0: ralphie and dad are just disgusted
1: yeah, yeah i personally think it's kind of gross but it's not my kid so
0: yeah. i probably like i said we... randy's having a good time he's all yeah
1: yeah he's, he's giggling
0: he's... and laughing and then there's a knock
1: fun. on the door <gasps> oh knock
0: yeah and they all kind of just look at each other keeps knocking the dude actually has to knock for quite a while they take a while to like <laughs> it's here and they all jump up and run to the door and so there's a delivery man there and he's got a sign for it, and he's asking what it is and the delivery man doesn't know what it is but it's a huge crate it looks like it could be like a coffin or something almost and they wheel it into the house and they be like thanks guys and they leave and then he's all like it has in big letters on it it says fragile actually it says it says fragile
1: wife. but yeah
0: his wife I think that's fragile He's, he figured it was Italian so he thought it was some fancy yeah. Italian thing
1: which but I've he... heard that joke before and they probably got it from this movie like I probably possibly well, I mean
0: yeah. I don't know where it originated from but yeah yeah it could be an old joke that they just used for this too who knows but yeah this is where I heard it the first time. So he has Ralphie go and get the crowbar and the hammer. And so Ralphie comes back with the tools and he pops the crate out. And then it's just full of like the stuffing stuff, like almost like straw or something. And so he's like, it could be anything. So he climbs inside and he's just like throwing the straw out. And like, at one point, like the wife is like, maybe they forgot it. And he's like, no, it's in here. And then he pulls out. And he's like, oh, do you know what this is? And he pulls out a leg. Hmm. And she's like, what is that? He's like, it's a leg, it's like a <laughs> statue. And then she's like, oh. And then Ralphie's like,
2: yeah, statue.
0: Good it is a woman's leg
1: mm-hmm. in like
0: a fishnet stocking. And there's a little bit of butt cheek at the top. Oh, too. there's a
1: little butt. Yeah, there's yeah, a little, there's bit, a of little bit
0: of butt cheek at the top. And then he's digging in there for some more. And he's like, do you know what this is? It's a lamp. Because he finds a big lampshade that would look almost like a like a little... Like dancer skirt kind of thing with like a little fringy stuff,
2: mm-hmm.
0: like a little almost like a flapper, I guess, you almost kind of thing, A like little fringy stuff. And so it's a lamp. He climbs and He has the wife hold it. He's like, "What a great lamp!" <laughs> and the narration tells us like the old man was like just overcome by art. And Ralphie keeps trying to like fill up the statue, the lamp, and his mom has to keep pulling his hands away because it's like oh, going up and filling the leg. And so obviously the dad wants to plug it in. So he wants to put it right. Gonna, he knows just where to put it. It's going to go right in the front window.
2: Mama's mm-hmm. like, of course.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so he's trying to plug it in. And of course, the light socket place has like 827 like plugs stuck in it.
1: Uh-huh. He's
0: trying to plug it in. and it sparks and there's fire. And he's like, Pff. and it's just, just one too many. Which I have to say, pretty much any time my wife and I have to plug something in, in our house. um one of us will say just one too many. It's just one of those things. <laughs> we always just like, it's just one too many. And so, you know, he gets done plugs. So he figured out where all the cords go. And so he plugs it in and it's like a uh, lights up. And he's like, Oh, it's gorgeous. So he wants to run outside and see what it looks like from outside. And so he runs outside. He's telling her to like, you know, move it over a little bit. And then like all these people like are, you know, are like, walking down the street and his neighbors walk up and they're like, what's that? And he's like, it's a major award. And he's like, <laughs> "What? You mean you won that?" And he's like, "Yeah, this is a major award." And he's like, "He's like, how'd you win that?" And he's like, "Mind power, Swede, mind power." <laughs> um, which is another thing I say a lot, mind power. And Swede is Bob Clark, mm-hmm. the so yep. And he's like, "You gotta see how it looks." And like, all like people, like cars are stopping in the street, and like, uh-huh. a big crowd, and they're all just staring at it." And of course, the mom is like super embarrassed. Oh, she's mortified. Yeah. Mortified. Yep. And of course, Ralphie keeps trying to fill it up as, like, everyone's looking at it. And so she finally distracts him because she's like, you know what time it is? And it's 6.45. It's time for Little Orphan Annie on the radio. And so that's pretty much the only thing that could, like, distract Ralphie away from the soft glow of electric sex in the window, as he says. So, on the radio, listens to Little Orphan Annie, and brought to you by Ovaltine, and then (laughs) The old man is outside and apparently like when she distracts the kids to go listen to the radio, she turns the (laughs) lamp off and then he's outside. He's like, you turned the lamp off. He's like banging on the window because she turns the (laughs) lamp off. So, Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's a great scene. It's pretty funny. Darren McGavin is just awesome. He's He's, great. He's really good. I love when he's with the neighbors. He's Like it's an award. (laughs) They're like an award. He's like, yeah, you know, an award. And they're like, "Um, what? But yeah, he's. How'd you win that? Mind
0: power, sweet mind power.
1: Yeah. And the lamp is actually one of two things I knew about this movie before watching it for this My roommate of mine actually had like a tree ornament of the lamp at one point. So I remember seeing it. I knew it was from Christmas Story. I'd also seen it in adverts for the Christmas Story musical that came through Fifth Avenue. A few Ooh. years ago, they did like a musical of it and I didn't see it. So I, I, but I saw the like the lamp. Yeah, was I mean, you can prominent.
0: buy you can buy replicas. It's just yeah, that's like, yeah. probably the one thing that pretty much everyone
1: knows. Yeah. And I had totally forgotten about it, but then the crate arrived and I was like, Oh, it's the lamp. It's <laughs> yeah. the lamp. As soon as the crate arrived, I was like, that's where the lamp comes in. Cause I could not figure out how this lamp fit into this movie. So now I'm sure I know so.
0: so you said the lamp is one of two things. What's the other mm-hmm. thing?
1: The other thing was a kid sticking his tongue to the flagpole. I knew Oh, okay. Had. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So those are the two okay. things I knew about this movie. And that was I, was thinking, I didn't like, even I was know think, about was... the BB gun. Like I didn't even know about that. Yeah, I was so. thinking
0: like flag, like tongue on the flagpole, the lamp there's a part coming up that has to do with changing a tire and then the santa scene are probably like the things that most people know from the movie
1: right so, yeah yeah okay yeah those were the two that's what i knew no
0: but yeah it's a good scene
1: yeah so on the way to school ralphie and friends are chased by Scott and grover and it's like at high speed so we see them just like racing around and then we get to school and it's time for them to turn in their themes so everyone's like filing up to the front desk to give Miss Shields their themes. And Ralphie hands his over and he starts daydreaming about her, about Miss Shields, like grading the papers. And she's just like going through the themes and they're not very good. And she's like, C, B, you know, this F, you know, F. She's just not, not impressed. None of these are impressive. These themes are just not good this year. And then she gets to one in like this red folder and it's Ralphie's. And she starts reading it. And she just, she's so enthralled by his prose and his argument. And just, it's a work of literature. (laughs) And she just can't believe how brilliant this theme is. And so she's like, hey, plus, plus, plus. She actually gets up and she starts writing it on the board in front of everyone. she's kind of like dancing, like hop skipping while she's writing the plus, plus, plus. Mm -hmm. And then Ralphie is still standing at her desk and she's like, Ralphie, Ralphie. You can sit down and the other kids in the class kind of laugh at him because he's just been staring at nothing for like, who knows how long, just imagining this amazing sequence.
0: Yeah, it's, she's like all in like Victoria, she's got like a big hat with like feathers and stuff. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's like all the super like dramatic music of like everyone's, a, you know, her life's work is ruined. But then she comes across this one and she gets it like she doesn't even stop at the chalkboard. She's just like she keeps going. She's running like pluses on the walls. All the kids are carrying <laughs> Ralphie up like, yay, and he's like, oh, yeah. doing the congratulations thing. And yeah, it's pretty over the top.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's definitely a nine year old.
1: He, he definitely wrote the best essay ever in his mind. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the way home from school, we see them get chased again by the bullies. And it's again at high speed, just kind of in the other direction. So
0: I like how they play them at high speed. And you still have Randy's like, all like,
1: hey, guys, wait for me. Wait for me. So, (laughs) Yeah. So then they're outside and the dad, Mr. Parker, is trying to get them all in the car. And he's like, come on, hurry up. We're going to miss all the good trees, which if you've ever been anywhere with me, I am 100 percent that person. Like, I'm like, we have to get there. We're going to miss all the good stuff. So, yeah. yeah, I, I mean, I've been, be I think one reason why
0: I love this movie so much and one reason why, like, I mean, obviously I love Darren McGavin, but like this character of like the old man is like, I was the old man since I was a kid, basically. <laughs> I, I am this character. I'm sure if you talk to my cats, they'll be like, that's dad. That is dad 100%. <laughs> So yeah.
1: I mean, I'm not him in a lot of ways, but in this <laughs> this way, I'm definitely that person who like if we're I am leaving, him I'm in like probably come on. almost
0: every oh, way. There's probably not something that happens in this movie that you'd be like, yep, that's Nick. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So how much of that is art imitating life and life imitating art? I don't know. But yeah.
1: You're like 80% this guy and 20% coldcheck
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. Oh uh, I mean,
0: being 20% cold check would be just that I'd be so amazed if I was 20% coldcheck.
1: He's pretty, he's pretty cool. Kolchak's a cool dude. So as they're getting in the car, the wife is like, oh, I have to go back in. And she like rushes back in and we see the leg lamp is still prominently in the front window. Mm
2: -hmm. She turns it
1: off and she comes back out and she's like, don't want to waste electricity. You know, um, even though every other light in the house is still on. Yeah.
0: (laughs) We pull back at every other light in the house, like upstairs lights are on. And yeah, he's all like,
1: do what it brings electricity. Yeah,
0: he's not happy about the
1: lamp. No, but he wants to go get a good Christmas tree. So he's not going to fight about it right now. I mean, maybe, but yeah. not going to go in and turn it back on. Yeah. So they get to the Christmas tree lot and they're looking around for a tree. And the guy shows them this kind of dinky tree. And he's kind of like, eh. And then they find like a good tree that they really want. And the guy's like kind of like haggling for the price. And then... Mr. Parker is just kind of like to his wife, like they're talking about the price and he's like, you know, I saw these really good fake trees and kind of hinting that maybe he'll just go get a fake one that they can reuse every year. And that convinces the guy to like offer to like tie it to the car and like give them some kind of discount. So I thought that was good. It was a good little negotiation. Yeah, Our
0: narration talks about how the old man is like, would like fit in, like in a like Middle Eastern market or something like that. He was like a king haggler. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a yeah. smart move, though, to be like, oh, you know, I've heard about these uh, fake trees we can go get at the department store. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> so they're in the car on the way home, and they're singing jingle bells and having a good time. And then their tire blows out.
0: gummit blowout.
1: Yeah. And so Mr. Parker gets out, and he tells his wife to time him because he's going to beat his record. There's <laughs> something that happens long enough that he has a record. So he yeah, well, goes outside. Well, he,
0: pictures, he pictures himself like in the Indy 500, according to the narration. So he thinks yeah. like you would be in the pit cruise, right?
1: Yeah. So. And so he goes out there and he starts changing the tire. So they're sitting in the car waiting for the dad to change the tire. And the mom suggests that Ralphie go outside and help his dad. And Ralphie thinks that's a huge deal.
0: Yeah. So Ralphie goes out because he's never been asked to help his dad do anything before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So he goes out, goes around, and the old man is like, what are you doing out here? And he's like, Mom said, I should come help you. And he's like, oh, she did, huh? All right, hold this. So he has him the hubcap to hold the hubcap. And so Ralphie's like holding it. But then like he's just holding it like he's holding it. And so the old man's like, no, 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 no. Rat Trap, hold it turn, it. turn it this way. Hold it so I can put the bolts in it. And so then he's putting the bolts in it. And he's like, yeah, we're doing it. Ah, and He's taking the bolts off. And then he's like, we got it. And he finishes doing a, a twist on the thing. And he moves his hand. The dad does, and it hits because Ralphie's just like holding the hubcap out, mm-hmm. and so his dad hits the hubcap, and we see the bolts just fly up in the air. And they are like silhouetted across the sky, and they disappear. And then we close up on Ralphie, and he's like, "Oh, fudge!" And then <laughs> he finishes and says, "Fudge." But he didn't say fudge he said the uh-uh. big daddy word apparently
2: mm-hmm.
0: so then the old man is like what did you just say and he's <laughs> like uh uh uh, uh. And he's like that's what i thought you said <laughs> and so he's, go get in the car and then ralphie's just sitting there he's like no go go get in the car go get in the car so he does and so yeah, ralphie's gonna be in some serious trouble
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, two things i like about the scene they're just i don't know if this was in the script or if this is just Darren McGavin, but one, and one of them I actually said, when Ralphie's holding it upside down, he's like, no, no, he calls him Rat Trap. Like, that's his little nickname for him. Instead of Ralphie calls him Rat Trap, but I was like, that's hilarious. I love that. That was wonderful. And then also, after he sends Ralphie in, he gets a little smirk on his face, like I don't know what that but like almost like that's like that's my boy or whatever just like you know like he doesn't want his kid cussing but also like oh he said his first f word yes like, I, don't, I don't know this is kind of it's just he gets, a, he gets a weird little smirk on his face and he's like and then he's like trying to do the car and so then he finishes and of course it took him forever right because he had to go find the lug nuts and everything and so right. he gets in the car and the wife is all eight minutes because he was trying to get four and he so then he's like upset because like she's teasing him and like randy's actually even laughing too like it took so long and so it's like do you know what your son just said she's like no and he's like oh, i'll tell you what he just said and then randy's like leaning in, he's like randy come back so randy clings <laughs> back and he's like whispers in the mom's ear and she's like
2: ah
0: oh <laughs> just, like streaking ralphie and then yeah so yeah not supposed to say that so then we cut to the house and we get some narration and we find out that Ralphie has a big bar of soap in his mouth.
2: Mm-hmm. And he
0: talks about like he over the years, he became like a like a connoisseur of soap flavors uh-huh. he's talking about some of them. But the one that he has in his mouth, no, it's life boy and it's nasty.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so the mom is trying to find out like where he heard the word. And of course, like he, he learned the word from his dad, right? He narration that like he heard his dad says that word like 20 times a day. He's heard right. it every day of his life, but he's not going to, you know, so he panics And he says schwartz so his mom's like okay and then she puts the soap back in his mouth he's like "Ah, ah, ah." and then she goes and she gets on the phone and she calls mrs schwartz and she's like hello mr schwartz do you know what ralphie just said she doesn't and then she's like whispers into the phone and then over the phone you hear like oh
2: god not that
0: (laughs) and then she's like and do you know where you heard it from and we hear the voice like probably from his father and she's like no he heard it from your son (laughs) <laughs> and then over the phone, we hear like, what, what, what? And then we hear like Schwartz just getting the beating of his life. And he's like, uh-huh. mama, what did I do? We hear like, ah. And like the mother's like, it sounds almost like a Monty Python skit. Like she's just uh-huh. like,
2: ah, yeah, ah, it ah,
0: does. Ah, 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 just wailing on Schwartz. And so, yeah. So Schwartz gets his. And then he has to go to bed. And he's not allowed to read comic books, obviously. And then he's lying in bed crying. And he has another daydream sequence. I guess maybe this is a night dream sequence. He's not asleep. And in that sequence, he talks about how every kid has always believed that they'd be stricken blind before they were 21. And then their parents would be sorry. And so, like, he shows up at the door and he's knocking on the door with a white cane. And then, like, they open the door and they're like, Ralphie, where you been? How are you doing? And he comes in and the mom's are like, oh, what's wrong? And then he refuses to tell them what's wrong. And then they're like, he's blind. And then he announces that it's soap poisoning. And they're like, oh, no, what do we do? Oh. And then, like, Darren McGavin's all like, I told you not to use life, boy. And then he like, all like, just big eyebrows because, like, aha, they got theirs. And then, like, we come back to real life. And he's, even though he's got tears in his eyes still, um, he's smiling because he's like, yeah, maybe
2: well, would be blind. I don't know if that
0: would be that great. But, yeah. 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 He's got, like, a little tin cup looking for money. So.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> yeah. So then we get the whole like Skunk and Grover chasing the kids to school in the high speed, you know, that's happening every day, clearly.
2: Pretty much. And yeah.
1: Then everyone puts a gift on Miss Shields' table for Christmas, I'm guessing. It must just and be the
0: last day of school, I'm guessing, maybe, or something. Yeah. Or
1: before holiday break, probably. Yeah. yeah. And you know, everyone, they're little gifts or little tiny things. And she's just like, thank you. Thank you. And then Ralphie puts an entire fruit basket complete with a giant pineapple in it mm-hmm. on the desk, which it looks good. I'd be excited to get that fruit basket.
0: Yeah. I'm wondering how he got that fruit basket, though.
1: Yeah. I don't know if he, like, convinced his parents to buy it or saved up allowance. I have no idea.
0: Yeah. He probably could have bought a Red Rider BB gun with that money.
1: I know. Yeah. It's pretty elaborate. And so she's kind of like, hmm, okay. <laughs> yep. And it can't be the last day before break because they come back because they get their. Present. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I don't
0: know what, the, why they're doing presents there Yeah. Because then they, yeah, we, there's a couple, there's like an, at least one more day that passes. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe You're it's right.
1: present day, but whatever. So then, you know, yeah. Ralphie and his friends are chased by Scott and Grover at high speed on the way home. And little Randy's there. And then when he gets home, he finds the decoder pin in the mail. It's in a big envelope, and he's really excited. He's finally got this thing that he's been waiting and waiting for, and he had to drink all this Ovaltine to send away, like, the labels to send away for it or something. I'm not even exactly yeah. sure how it worked, but it was clearly a long process, and he finally has it, so he's really excited.
0: That's so a pretty good day. Yeah. I mean, aside from, you know, the night before getting in trouble, but, like, you know, some bribery for his teacher with the big fruit basket, make sure he gets a good grade on his theme, mm-hmm. and now he's got a decoder pin. Yeah
1: yeah yeah good times so he takes the decoder pin and he sits in front of the radio to listen to little orphan annie and he's all excited and the narrator on the radio is like talking and ralphie's getting really impatient he wants the show to be at the end because he wants to use his decoder pin and then finally the narrator's like okay members of the secret society Get out your decoder pins because we have a secret message from you. And this one's from Annie herself. It's a really special, (gasps) important message. So take it down. So set your pins to B2. So Ralphie sets his pin Mm -hmm. and write this down. And he starts listing the numbers from the message. And Ralphie's like, okay, okay. And so he's really excited. So he takes his notebook with his numbers and his decoder pin into the bathroom, which is the only place where a nine-year-old boy can have some privacy, apparently yeah and he's in the bathroom and he's trying to decode it and at one point randy's trying to get in the bathroom to use it and he's like i'll be out in a minute i'll be out in a minute and he's decoding the message and he's like b e he's like b be sure and he he gets through part of it he's like this could be important the whole fate of the world could hinge on this message Mm -hmm. and he finally decodes it and it says be sure to drink your ovaltine and he's like a crummy commercial son of a bitch, which like, yeah, that's a Like they couldn't even come up with something like, <laughs> I don't know. Be sure to turn on your Christmas lights at 5 p.m. You know, anything like to make it feel like the kids are doing something. It's just like drink more Oval Team, which I drank tons of to get this stupid decoder print. I'd be super bummed, too. <laughs> it's a bummer.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well so that actually was a thing though, like the Orphan Annie Secret Society was actually a thing. And the ring, it's kind of funny because you don't like he gets his ring in the mail, but then when you see him actually like decoding it, it's all like worn and shit. And cause they actually used like a real one. They actually use a 1940s. Apparently they gave they did once every year. So there's like, like if you go and look like on eBay or whatever, there's like there's like once for like every year. But it was actually a real thing. Oh nice. So yeah, so they actually used a real and it's kind of cool too because I always just assumed it was just just a normal like offset cipher, right? Like you know it was like one two three four five, and then it was A B C D E, right? And it was just like you turned it to B two, which would actually just be the normal letters because B is the second letter of the alphabet, so it actually wouldn't be a cipher at all in that case. But they actually did it's it's the letters and numbers are randomly as I, I don't know if it's randomly, but like they're not signed in sequence. Oh, so cool! Like, like one two three might be like. Z-O-R-M, right? And Instead so of like, like ABC. Yeah, yeah, so it's so it's a little bit more complex than just like a rotating cipher. So it's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, that so is I cool. Did
0: of, I did a little bit of research on it. So, <laughs>
1: yeah. Unfortunately, if those are the messages you're decoding, it's not that cool. But <laughs> yeah, the, the concept is cool.
0: But yeah, they used an actual 1940 little Orphan Annie decoder pin for this scene. So, yeah. So, of course, he's super disappointed right and like mm-hmm. you know now he realizes what the world is really like and it's just like oh. he goes downstairs and mom's making red cabbage there is a little apparently un listening to the commentary this was not planned but because like randy's trying to get in the bathroom and like the mom is like hurry up randy's gotta go and he's like "Well, you hang on i'm busy i'll be right out and then when he finally like realizes what the message is he like gets up and leaves and randy comes in and like pulls down his pants and opens the toilet And then the next scene is Ralphie opening a giant pot of red cabbage. And so it's like the pot and the pot kind of thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Apparently they didn't plan that, but it's kind of like a little.
1: It worked out though.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. So like, you know, he's getting written, like mom's still making dinner. So he like kind of sits down at the table and has like pours himself a glass of milk and sits down. And like the old man is like in the basement, just cursing away, working on the furnace. And then the mom. Like, she looks down, because you can obviously hear, like, the dad cursing. And so she fills her little watering can, and she's going to go water her plants in the house. And so she leaves, and then we hear this horrendous crashing noise.
2: <gasps> Uh-oh.
0: And then the dad comes running up, and he's all covered in soot, and, like, he opens the door, and, like, all this black smoke billows out of the basement. And he's like, what was that? And Rafi doesn't know. Ralphie just sitting at the table having some milk, and he's like, I mm-hmm. do And so dad runs into the living room he's like what broke and she's just the mom is just on her knees and she's sitting there. she's like i was just watering my plants and i don't know what happened i broke your lamp and he runs over and he's like don't touch that man. he grabs it and he's got all the pieces of it he's like you were always jealous of this lamp and she's like what jealous of the lamp <laughs> and then she's like that's the ugliest thing i've ever seen in my life and so like boom, it all comes out now right boom And he's like, get the glue. And she's like, we're all out of glue. (laughs) And he's like, you used up all the glue on
2: purpose.
0: (laughs) And then he's like, gonna go out and buy some glue. And so he's like putting on his hat and he's trying to, and he's just like, not a finger. And then he runs out the door. So, and then we see him, like, he got some glue and he's like trying to put it together. And the mom is in the background sitting there. And he's like, "Got it all. And, And like the stockings were all ripped and, Mm-hmm. torn and everything because like the lamp was all broken he glued it all back together and then it look, looks pretty good Um he makes one fatal mistake he doesn't let the glue set because uh-huh. he goes and he puts the lamp shade on and it just crumbles uh-huh. the lamp, so he picks up the pieces and when it does like in the background the mama's laughing and he turns around and she's like trying to act like he's not laughing <laughs> and he picks up all the pieces and he walks out the door <laughs> and then the narration tells us that that night apparently the old man buried it in the yard by the garage and that maybe even taps was playing he wasn't sure so <laughs> yep
1: yeah it is Little funny it was I mean, it's... a funny couple dispute because like just the way they act is great you used all the glue on purpose <laughs> it's just yep. so good
0: not a finger is another thing that comes up a lot in our household as well
1: so, <laughs> <but a finger. laughs>
0: so um yeah this is i mean this could have all been resolved if he had like a Dean cave.
1: Yeah. A place
0: where he could have had his lamp and had his, yeah. So his art,
1: which by the way, I now know know what the bunker is and where they got it. I'm like on season nine. And I now understand where the bunker came from. So I understand where Dean got his Dean cave. If anyone's curious, I now understand all of that. Cool. It all makes sense.
0: Sweet. Nice to have that thread going through.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just, it's just Keep
0: Keeping it real
1: <laughs> Why aren't they in motel rooms anymore? Because they got a home base Anyway, it's cool So then Flick gets beat up by Scott and Grover On the way to school And then they get to school And Miss Shields is handing back their themes Which, I mean, Ralphie knows he's going to get like An A+++, because obviously mm-hmm. his is the best theme ever written So he opens it up and he's all excited and then he sees there's a c plus on the top (gasps) it's like a c plus and then even worse he looks at the bottom and written in red pen the teacher has written you'll shoot your eye out what (laughs) so even his teacher thinks that a red rider bb gun is not a good present and he's going to shoot his eye out with it
0: yeah, and he figures his mom must have got to Mrs. Shields. Because, like, yeah. Mrs. Shields, he looks up, and, like, Mrs. Shields is, like, the Wicked Witch of the West. And she's all,
1: like, C plus, ha,
0: ha, ha. And then he sees the Yoshi Shy Out part, and then his mom is right next to Mrs. Shields. And she's dressed like, she's actually dressed like a prototype Harley Quinn. She's got, like, a little jester hat on. Mm-hmm. I've always been strangely attracted to the mom in this movie. Okay. And I think this scene actually may be part of that, because the whole gesture thing and I'm a big fan of Harley Quinn and that may have been like related. I don't know. Maybe I'm just making connections that don't exist, but yeah. <laughs> always, yeah. So yeah. But yeah. So much for that plan.
1: Yeah. So Ralphie's not having a great day, obviously, no. because his theme was not taken well and all these adults don't want him to have his BB gun, which is a bummer. So he's walking home and he gets hit with a snowball in the face oh yeah not good and he looks up and obviously scott and grover are there and they're mocking him making fun of him and so like he takes off his glasses and he's just not feeling good and then all of a sudden like scott is like teasing him and rafi just snaps he loses it yeah. Completely. Mm-hmm. And he just starts beating the crap out of Scott Farkas, just cursing. Mm-hmm. He's swearing. He's punching. He's just he's on going top of to him town. and just wailing on him. Yeah. yeah. And so Randy, like, sees the glasses on the ground, grabs them, and then goes and gets their mom. And, like, Ralphie's still hitting him. And then the other kids are watching and they see his mom kind of appear on the edge of, like, near the fence. And they're just like, Ralphie, Ralphie, they're trying to get his attention and get him to stop. But he's just he's in the zone and he's so he just can't stop. So
0: yeah, and he's just cussing a stream, just uh-huh. stream, stream, just stream,
1: constant stream. profanity. Yeah, well, a little narration talks about like he was speaking in
0: tongues, so yeah, yeah.
1: And so his mom finally, you know, gets him to stop, and he is now in big trouble.
0: Oh, yeah, he is crying, and so they get home, and like all the kids are like get him they're like Ralphie get him hit him hit him they're like just egging him on like yeah beat the crap out of Scott Farr because he beats us up every day yeah exactly but then they're like did you hear what
2: he said
0: and so yeah and then yeah because he was cussing 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 and then so Ralphie knows like his mom obviously heard all the stuff he said and so like based on what happened last time like, he just figures, like, his life is over.
2: He's mm-hmm. doomed,
0: right? So he's crying. They get home, and his mom takes him in the bathroom and, like, you know, puts, like, some water on him to try and get him to calm down. It's like, you just need to, like, just calm down. Just calm down. Like, go lay down. So he assumes that he's just going to be dead meat when his dad gets home. Mm-hmm. She's going to tell him about all the things he says. Yeah. And so. The things he said and the know. fact
1: that he beat up another kid. Like, that's. Yeah, but I think, I think
0: he's more worried about all the things he said than the fact that he was in a fight. And then the mom is in the kitchen and she hears a noise and she opens up the cupboard <laughs> and Randy is under the cupboard and he's crying and she's like, what's wrong? And he's like, daddy's going to kill Ralphie. And she's like, no, daddy's not going to kill Ralphie. And he's like, yes, he is. And then she tries to get him to come out from the cupboard and he refuses. And then she's like, would you like some milk? And he's like,
2: "Mm-hmm."
0: And so she pours him a glass of milk and hands has to him under the cupboard. And it's like, okay, bye bye. See you later. And so he's under the cupboard drinking some milk. So. And then the old man comes home and like the dogs are there and he's like cussing at the dogs like bump says come get your damn dogs, you know, get them out of the yard and that kind of stuff. So dad doesn't seem like he's in a great mood already. Uh And, you know, Ralphie just assumes he's in trouble. And so dad comes in is like, you know, what's for dinner? He's again, not in a great mood. And like mom gets randy out of the cupboard and so dad sees randy come out of the cupboard and it's kind of like these guys papers are so like oh, whatever and just goes back to his paper and then ralphie comes down and sits and ralphie doesn't have his glasses because they got knocked off right in the snowball and then when he went to go beat the crap out of scott fergus they just went flying and so his dad's like where's your glasses did you lose them again and then mom pulls his glasses out of her apron and she's like ralphie you left these on the radio again like Be careful. Don't do that. And so she's just like, you know.
1: She's helping him out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then dad's like, well, what happened today? And she's like, well, you know, not much. Um, You know, Ralphie was in a fight. And he's like, what kind of fight? And she kind of like, oh, you know, you know how boys are. And so I gave him a talking to us all fine. And then she starts talking about like football Mm -hmm. and getting him excited. And he's like all talking about the football. And so just everything's great. And Ralphie realizes he's not going to be destroyed. And so he's like, things are always different between me and my mom after that yeah but he still has the problem of not getting his red rider bb gun Mm -hmm. like that's still an issue right and so he's in bed and then he realizes that he can go straight to santa like he forgot all about santa like he just got to go to the big guy yeah and just ask santa santa will take care of it like why has he been wasting his time asking his mom and mrs shields He could just go to santa
1: straight to the source it's brilliant
0: straight to the source that's right yeah big kahuna santa
1: so then we see the Parker family at the Christmas parade and there's all these floats and people going by and marching bands. I don't know. Ralphie's not really. He just wants to go see Santa. He's like, come on, let's mm-hmm. go. And they're just like, shut up, Ralphie. We're trying to enjoy the parade. So like, he keeps trying to get them to leave and they, they don't want to. They want to stick around.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But finally, finally, they can leave so they can go see Santa in Higby's. So the parents go inside Higby's and they bring randy and ralphie to the santa place which is like this big like hill made of snow thing and you have to like walk up these stairs so the line goes up these stairs and santa's like sitting at the top and then when you're Mm -hmm. done they have the slide that they slide the kids down so that's how that works apparently at this place yeah this department store so they basically tell the kids okay get in line we're gonna go do some shopping and so they parents walk off and then Ralphie and Randy are like getting near the stairs and then someone's like that's not the line that's the line and obviously the line is like way longer than it looked
0: yeah, and this is Gene Shepard and then behind him is his like real life wife
1: mm-hmm. so. so now they have to trudge all the way to the back of the line and of course when they get Ralphie there says the
0: line is all the way back to Terre Haute
1: yeah it's very long it's a long line yeah And there's this weird kid in front of them in line who's like just super awkward. He's like, "I like Santa, yeah. I like the Wizard of Oz, yeah. I like the Tin Man." And there's Ralphie's just like, "Okay, like I don't, I don't care, buddy. I'm just here to see Santa." He's
0: extremely creepy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny
0: too if you watch it, uh, Randy, (laughs) when the kid is talking, (laughs) when the kid, when the kid first like, like we get like the he does a like, "I like Santa," and Ralphie's like. Yeah, and then, like, we cut to something, and then we come back, and then, like, the Wizard of Oz people come, and they're like, oh, children, and Ralphie's like, hey, leave me alone, and I'm thinking, so they're like, oh, whatever, they leave, and the kids all, I like the Wizard of Oz, and when he first says that, like, I think it scares the kid who's playing Randy, who's like, oh, like, and then, and then, like, his facial expressions, but when they're talking, it's kind of funny, because he's like, I like the Tin Man, yeah, but he's, yeah, he's super creepy, yeah, but, yeah. I was crazy. watching, I, I watched it, like, three times this morning before we started talking about oh it, just to watch it. Um, and just, like, because you, you can, like, you know, you, you know it so well, you can actually look at other stuff you don't really pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And so I started just looking at things like, you know, side characters and facial expressions and Randy's facial expression in this scene is hilarious. He's like, the eyes are going back and forth between the two of them, <laughs> but it's just kind of funny. So, and we'll talk more about that kid in a little bit, too.
1: Yeah. So, so then... I think there's an announcement at the store. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, the store's closing. It's nine oh, yeah. o'clock. The store's closing. Like they're almost at Santa. They've ma- they managed to get all the way like through all the different departments, and they've gotten up to the top of the stairs. But then the announcer says that it's nine o'clock and the store's closing.
1: Yeah, and we see the like clock move to nine, and Rafi's like, "Oh no, nine o'clock! I'm not gonna be able to talk to Santa." But somehow, even though it's like nine o'clock, and you know, there's another couple people ahead of him. Ralphie does get to sit on Santa's lap, so he makes it. Phew, Mm -hmm. very lucky. So then he's on Santa's lap, and Santa's like, "Hey, kid, what do you want for Christmas?" And Ralphie freezes. He goes totally blank. He can't think of anything. He's just sitting there. Yeah, he is. And to be, I feel like this happens to me when we're podcasting all the time. I'm just (laughs) like, I forget. Just go blank. No, but he's totally blank. And he cannot think of anything. And so the elf is like, come on, kid, we go going to line and it's nine o'clock. We're closing. So she's like trying to get him to say something. And Santa's trying to get him to say something. And finally, Ralphie just blurts out that he wants a football for Christmas, which obviously we know, like, he doesn't even think is a very good present. football.
0: Football's not a very good
2: present, No. <laughs> right?
1: And so Santa's like, OK, great football. And so he like hands him to the elf and the elf like puts him on the slide. And Ralphie kind of like wakes up and he's like, oh, my God i just blew my chance and then he like he's like on the slide and like claws his way back up to the top and is like uh uh-uh and he tells santa that what he really wants is a red rider bb gun he gives santa the entire spiel and santa's just looking at him and he's like sliding onto the slide and santa finally is just like you'll shoot your eye out kid and then the elf just like kicks Ralphie down the slide, and he just slides. Yeah, he,
0: like down. puts his boot on his head and like pushes him, and then Ralphie down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he just slides yeah. down, and that's it. So even Santa thinks he's gonna shoot his eye out. So his last chance has been yep. decimated.
0: And then Mom and Dad show up, and Dad's like, Dad's like off to see the wizard. He's like dancing with the Wizard of Oz people, and they get Ralphie and. You know ralphie and randy are just like laying like in the, the,
2: <laughs> the snow, snow by the, the slide, the slide. <laughs> just, just like yeah
0: like comatose basically And so they get him up and dad is like so did you tell santa what you want and he's like uh. and he's like well did santa ask you if you're a good boy and he's like no and he's like well he knows he knows <laughs> and then they leave and then we're back at their house and it's time to decorate the tree and dad is up on the ladder and he's trying to get the lights and, like, one of the strings of the lights is not working. And he says it's the green string. And the mom is like, it's not the green, it's the blue. And he's like, I'm not colorblind. And he's like, mm. and she's like, I'm not colorblind either. And then he plugs it in. And it actually was the blue that was out. And then he's like, see, I told you it was the green. And so she's like, oh. but then, like, like, the all the sparks and stuff and fire, like, at the socket where he they have all the stuff plugged in and all the lights go out
2: mm-hmm. and
0: dad's like a fuse is out and then we find out like the old man like buys fuses by like the gross and so he goes and changes the fuse and everything's great and the tree looks awesome except for the dad says that the star is crooked and the mom's like no it's not and actually it's not the star is like perfectly straight it looks really nice, but he's like, no, it's crooked, so he gets up on the ladder, and then almost falls into the tree, and almost knocks the tree over, and then he fixes, he fixes it, and it's all janky looking now, the star's all crooked, but then he gets down, he's like, ah, perfect, so everyone's <laughs> like, yeah, it's perfect, and then they do the little thing of like, whoa, gee, I hope Santa hasn't had to pass this house by, because some little boys weren't in bed, and so they get the kids to run upstairs, and they go upstairs, and they make all horrendous noises going up the stairs, fighting each other, and then once they're upstairs, they can get the presents.
1: Yeah, which yep. I think it's funny that they waited till Christmas Eve to decorate the tree. I know a lot of people do that, but they bought the tree quite a bit earlier, so I guess they just had it in their house this whole time. After. They probably
0: actually they probably they probably kept it outside. It was probably take fresher outside because, and then obviously sense. the lamp was in front of the window before, uh-huh. which so, is
1: where they put the tree. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So. My family we always did it the Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend, so. We're recording this on Thanksgiving weekend. So, my family would have set up the tree that Sunday. We would go get the tree and do that and to put out all the Christmas decorations. Ours would probably
0: go up this weekend. So,
1: I don't do a tree because Billy will eat it. Yeah,
0: Frankie was never that problematic with the tree. He would chew it a little bit at first, Mm -hmm. and we bought that stuff you spray on it that's like nasty-tasting. Yeah, I
1: tried that. And
0: then what turned out is that it got on us all the time, Mm. and so we were constantly like, Like it would get on our hands, and then we touch your mouth, and And it didn't seem to bother him at all, so we Uh stopped. It was like, it's actually like, it's messing us up, not him. And then he kind of just, he likes to go and sit under it and Mm -hmm. hang out.
2: Sam, however... (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah sam knocks um last year i only decorated the top two-thirds of the tree and um because i actually like wrapped the ornaments like you know they come with a little wire hooks and so i like wrapped the ball, the balls on the tree so he wouldn't knock them off but he apparently like just punching bagged them. And you know how like they have the little, the little spring cap that holds the glass ball and uh-huh. the connector. He would actually knock the glass ball out of the spring connector. Oh, no. And so there were all these spring connectors on the tree and balls just like under the couch and under the tree and everywhere. Thankfully he didn't break any. That's good. But yeah. yeah so no,
1: Billy, just anything green, like any kind of plant, he will eat it. He likes broccoli. He likes spinach. And he will, if I've had any kind of plant ever, like he'll try to eat it. So I can't have any plants that are toxic. And if he eats a bunch of pine needles, he'll get sick so I just don't have a Christmas tree unless I have a place to put it where like a room where Billy couldn't get to it but I don't have a space that big so that's and if I ever own a house and I have like a front room that he can't get to I can put it there but I don't so (laughs) yeah, I
0: actually have to correct that because that was actually that was actually two years it was his first Christmas is when that happened so his first Christmas did that last Christmas we actually didn't decorate the tree at all we just had the lights on it okay and so he was a little bit better Still a couple times um like had to like like trying to climb the tree from the inside. But this year I think maybe we're gonna try some ornaments again. We'll see. I mean the tree looks really nice just with lights on it. I like very like just simple like I like white lights and like silver and red decorations that kind of thing yeah so
1: i just like, do christmas lights you know. like around my apartment like instead of having a tree <laughs> so yeah, i need to get cool. some though because i currently have a purple string up and i really need to get like some red and green or something
0: no. so
1: maybe i'll get those at fred yeah, so we'll week.
0: see so we shall see maybe we'll have an after christmas report at some point <laughs>
1: Yeah. No, I've just learned that it's just not worth the headache to have anything green around (laughs) because I don't want to take Billy to the ER vet because he decided to eat a branch of something. So it's just not worth my my Mm. stress level. That's fair. (laughs) Maybe like a palm tree or something. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Anyway. So then it's the day that every kid waits for, or every kid who celebrates Christmas and believes that Santa is going to bring them presents anyway. So big day. So Ralphie wakes up and it's a beautiful Christmas day and there's fresh snow everywhere and it's in the trees and they're kind of glittering with this new snow and the world just looks really wonderful. So Ralphie runs over to Randy's bed and he's like, wake up, Randy, because it's Christmas. It's Christmas. So you got to get up. So the boys run downstairs and they see all these presents under the tree and they're both like, whoa. And so they rush over and they try and figure out how many presents they have. And we see the Parkers, the parents are like coming down the stairs, yawning and sleepy because it's very early. They don't want to be up. So they sit on the couch like, who's going to play Santa this year? And, you know, they argue about, like, Randy doing it last year, and they finally come to some decision, and they start handing around presents so that they can all open presents. Yep. Then they have an unwrapping montage, and people are just yeah, opening get lots stuff. Lots of unwrapping. And yeah, they got a yep. lot of gifts.
0: A lot of gifts, and... The mom is like Ral- Ralphie, what did Aunt Clara give you this year? She always gives you such great presents. And then we get some more, like we get that, and then like leads up, and we get some more presents. The dad gets a bowling ball. She like drops it in good. his lap, and he's like, "It's a blue ball." And then yeah, so he's all like,
1: "Oh, thanks, honey." Because yeah, well, he did want so, a bowling alley, so I guess that's you know a start. That's true. Yeah, yeah
0: so yep. And then finally, we roll back to, like, what did Aunt Clara give you? And he holds up this jumper, basically. And through the narration, we get that not only has Aunt Clara mistakenly thought that he is a girl for his entire life, but also thinks he's perpetually, like, four years old. So he holds it up, and it's this pink jumper. Mm
2: -hmm. And it's got,
0: like, bunny feet. And she's like, "Oh, go put it on." He's like, "I don't want to put it on." And she's like, "Go put it on." So he has to go upstairs, and so they do some more presents, and then they hand some stuff, and that's actually when Dad gets the blue ball, and then Ralphie comes down, and he's wearing the jumper, and it's really big, and it's got rabbit feet, and then it's got these big rabbit ears. Mm-hmm. Comes down, and Randy is laughing at him. He's like, "Stop laughing, Randy." And then she's like, "Oh, you look amazing." She always gives you such nice things, and Dad is like, "He looks like a pink nightmare." And I'm like, "He does not." And like, smacks him. Be like, "He does too." Like, he looks like a deranged Easter bunny. And he's like, "Are you happy wearing that?" And he's like, "No." And he's like, "You want to take it off?" And he's like, "Yes." And he's like, "Tell the kid to take it off." So, what I like about this is that even though like we talk about like the whole like. The dad, like the mom is the one who makes the decisions about the kids. Like mm-hmm. it's always like he makes suggestions, but then she's the one who has to like actually say what happens. So he's like, tell the kid to take it off. So she tells him and go take it off. He only has to wear it when like Aunt Clara visits or something. So he runs upstairs <laughs> and does like, take it off. And so yeah. yeah. So then they're hanging out on the couch. And Randy's passed out with his he's got a zeppelin for Christmas. And so he's passed out you know, holding on to his zeppelin. Mm-hmm. And the mom and the dad and Ralphie are sitting on the couch. Ralphie between them, and they, the adults have some wine, and the dad is like, oh, "This wine, you want to taste?" And he's like, "Yeah." And mom's like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> so he's asking him like, Well, did you get everything you wanted this year? And he's like, Oh, almost, you know, it's like, oh yeah, well, which is pretty
2: happened
1: pretty good about it. I feel like I was a bratty enough kid that I would have been like, No, I didn't get what I wanted. So <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty diplomatic about it. He's yeah, like, he's yeah, like, Yeah, yeah mostly. And he's
0: like, Oh, yeah. Well, it's always next Christmas. And then he's like, Hey, wait a minute. What's that? What's that over there? Over there behind the desk, and R's like what? And he's like, look, look, over over there behind the desk. Like, why don't you you go check it out? So Ralphie goes over, and the mom is like, what did we put behind the desk? He's like, must have been Santa. I don't know. Just (laughs) just present over there behind the desk. So they get up, and they stand up, and then Ralphie's opening it, and you know what it is.
1: (gasps) What? It's a Red
0: Ryder BB gun.
1: (gasps) Oh my gosh. Yep. And
0: so they go through the whole thing like he's you know you know how to load it and so he loads it and then he's like can I go out and play with it and his mom's like yeah well put your galoshes on and she still thinks they're dangerous but like he's gotta go outside like I would be like yeah you gotta go outside if you're gonna shoot your BB gun like don't shoot your BB gun in the house
1: well and um, she also tells yeah. him don't shoot animals which is good I'm glad she yeah mentioned but the dad's like unless
0: it's the his hound, that's fine <laughs> no. so yeah and then and then she's like what and he's like I had one that was eight years old so dad came through boom the only person he technically did not ask for a Red Rider BB gun is the one who got him a Red Rider BB gun. So he asked everybody else. Yeah. He Did not ever ask his dad, but his dad's the one that pulled it through. No, it was really oh. sweet,
1: actually. I thought that was really sweet because he clearly yeah. knew that he wanted it and thought that, oh, it would be good for him. And then just, like, gets it and surreptitiously puts it somewhere and even makes him think he didn't get it. And then it's like, oh, mm-hmm. what's that? I thought that was really sweet.
0: Yeah. So Ralphie runs outside to go play with his gun. And then the mom and dad are in the kitchen and the mom pulls the turkey out of the oven. And we find out the old man is a turkey junkie, like pushes her aside and is like trying to get some pieces off of it. And she like has to get him away from it while she's doing it. And so, yeah, old man, yeah, every year, this time of year, apparently his eyes would light up because he loves turkey. So,
1: yeah. Which I don't know if it was this scene or the next one, but like. He's trying to eat it. And she's like, don't touch that turkey. It still needs to cook for a few hours. And I was like, then why did you put it on the table?
0: (laughs) Yeah. What's the next one? Well, she pulls it out this time. And she makes him leave. Like, she makes him go in the living room. Because in this one, she's, like, getting, like, the the juices out. Mm -hmm. Probably to make gravy or something. So she's tipping them out of the pan. And then the next scene is, like, sitting on, like, a cutting board kind of thing. And she it looks like it was all, like, tied up. You know, like, to have the legs and the wings Mm -hmm. tied or something like that. And she's untying it. And then... She comes up from the basement with what I think are pickles, maybe. And so I think she's gonna be like do like some final like dressing on it or something before it goes back oh, into
1: oh maybe oven. okay. So I
0: think she's doing like it's one of those it's like not like a put it in the oven and forget it kind of thing. It's one of those like long like, yeah, you cook it for a little bit and then you pull it out and you do some stuff, and you put it yeah. back in and you pull it out and you do some stuff. That makes sense. So I, I mean, I don't
1: she, generally yeah. cook a full turkey, but my mom did for Thanksgiving when I was a kid, and so I remember that process being very involved. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but that's that's the that's the next scene
1: where okay. that happens.
0: But yeah, and this one she's pulling out still in the roasting pan and then she like shushes him out of the like makes him leave and then you see her like spooning out like the juices and stuff. So okay. yeah, she's going to make some braver. Maybe she's just getting ready to like she can like, you know, pour them back over the turkey or something. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. So meanwhile, Ralphie takes his gun outside and there's like a target put up on this tree fence post something that's there that he can shoot at. And he goes to fire the gun and he's all excited. And then is, there's kind of like a kickback, like it it kicks back it, when he I fires think, it. I think it
0: actually, because he, he's he got the target taped like a metal like sign. Oh,
1: so the thing in the like, backyard bumps back. So I
0: think the BB ricochets. Yeah.
1: Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. So the BB knocks him to the ground. Yeah. BB ricochets knocks him to the ground and it hits him in the eye. <laughs> but luckily he's wearing glasses. So it didn't actually hit his eye, which is very fortunate. And he's just like, oh, my God, I shot my eye out. Just all the thing that everyone was warning him about. And now that happened.
0: Yeah. And then his mom's in the kitchen doing the turkey. She's like, be careful out there. Don't shoot your eye out. And he's like, she didn't know. So
1: so then he's like, away with this. OK, I have to come up with a plan. Because if I tell her that the BB did this, I'm they're taking the gun away and I'm never getting it back. So, he comes up with this story that, like, an icicle fell off and, like, hit him and, like, broke his glasses and stuff. Because he also, like, goes to look for his glasses. And then, of course, he steps on his glasses. So, they're completely mm. destroyed. Which
0: Yeah, apparently the glasses actually were, they look fine in the, like, when they're on the ground. they like maybe the BB, like, just glinted maybe, like, the frame or something. Because he does have a little bit of a cut on his cheek. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the glasses look fine until he steps on them.
1: But then he steps on them, and they're not fine anymore. And oh. uh, <laughs> and then he's like, "Okay, well, I've got this icicle story, so I'll tell mom it's an icicle." So then he like kind of cries a little, and he's like, "Oh, mom!" And then she, you know, it's like, "What happened? What happened?" And so then he tells her, and apparently she buys the icicle story, so it works. She talks yeah. about how she's heard about dangerous icicles, and so I mean, that's totally believable to her. So
0: yeah, apparently they've killed people.
1: Yeah. So
0: yeah. So then she's upstairs with him in the bathroom like cleaning his cheek up and the old man has already once tried to get some turkey and that's when she comes up from the basement with the pickles and then like shushes him away and then that's when she says like don't you try out and then he realizes that he's safe and then she's upstairs with ralphie and so the old man sneaks in again and is like got the knife out was gonna like take a little slice off the turkey (laughs) and he's like what's going on up there because like they ran past and he's like what's going on she's like nothing it's fine it's fine no problem so he Decided to take that time to go sneak in the kitchen and get some turkey. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, keep your hands off that turkey because you'll get worms. And he's like, <clears throat> so he got busted. So he puts the knife down and leaves, right? So he's getting in trouble. And then he's just sitting there reading his paper. And then one of the Bumpus's hound dogs, like, walks past him. he's sitting in his chair. And then another one. And then another one. And it turns out the dogs got in. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing like through the back door, like when she went and got Ralphie and they didn't close the door all the way or something.
1: Yeah, I thought so, but it wasn't really clear.
0: Yeah, but the dogs are in the kitchen and they've destroyed, like they knocked over the kitchen table. I think they broke one of the legs or something because the table's collapsed and the turkey was on the tray and it's on the floor and there were cookies on the table too and stuff and the cookies on the floor and the dogs are just tearing apart the turkey and the old man realizes what's going on. He runs in there and it's like the turkey and then everyone runs in. Randy wakes up and then. Ralphie and mom run down and the dogs have run out and dad has chased the dogs out. And he's like, sons of bitches, bumpuses. And then turkey's all gone. There's like a wing. He's like holding the wing up off the floor. That was all that's left. Cause the turkeys, the dogs grabbed the Turkey and ran off. And it's like all gone. Mm. No, how many Turkey for dinner? It's all gone. And mom's crying. And so, oh no dad, like is throws the Turkey wing back on the floor. And is like, all right, everyone, get dressed. We are going out to eat.
1: (laughs) Yep. Yep. And so they end up at a restaurant that is open on Christmas, which is the Mm Bowling Chop Suey Palace Company. Yeah. Yeah. And this seems mm, I mean, mm, it's a little racist. They have like... It is. I mean, in the comment
0: there, they talk about they were a little worried about this, but I mean, and then you know, there's consent, and then there's consent, right? Apparently, the the people doing the scene were fine with it, is what the story is. Like they realized, yeah, it's kind of racist, but also they were like fine they were happy to do it but then again it's like well were you happy would you re- really would you have been happy to do it if someone wasn't asking you to do it would you have done it normally
1: so well yeah and like you're getting paid you're you know and it's an acting job you're probably yeah. not going to say oh i'm not going to do this so anyway basically they they sing christmas carol that has a lot of l's in it and of course don't mm-hmm. sing the l's correctly and the other guy tries to correct yeah. them and anyway, it's, it's okay it's yeah, definitely another it's, song
0: and it's also bad yeah. and also they just sing bad yeah on top of that's their part of it
1: too i mean so it's yeah. just yeah not not the best but and then i mean the thing with the duck is a little racist too but like again ugh, so you have ignorant white people stuff like that's going to happen i say as a person who is <laughs> white people who has been ignorant about many things in the past so and will be in the future i'm sure so they bring out this duck and like it's a roast duck but you know it's still got the neck mm-hmm. and head and so that freaks the mom out and she's clearly like which to be fair I get freaked out by that but I get freaked out by bones and stuff too like anything that makes me think too hard about what I'm eating. <laughs> I'm just kinda like no nope, no thanks.
0: Yeah. Well cuz they've been having like they you know they were doing the singing and everyone was laughing yeah, you know, all kind of stuff and then the, the like the head guy is like no 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 just She's like, go get the food. Go get the food. It's so, like the mom is like talking to the kids and laughing. And the, the guy brings over the duck and puts it on the table. And then she turns around and like the duck head is like right in her face. And she's like, Wah! <laughs> yeah.
1: so it's and also the unexpected is, like... and jarring. And <laughs> yeah. then so like, it's kind of like, can we do something about this? And so then the guy just like chops the head off right in front of her. And that's yeah. not better. So anyway, <laughs> but then they bring out a bunch of sides and a bunch of other food. And it seems like they end up having a, a good time. And Ralphie says that mm-hmm. they started calling that Chinese turkey, which okay. Yep, it's the
0: year they were introduced to Chinese turkey.
1: Yeah. Yep. And uh, anyway, they ended up having a good meal at this Chinese restaurant, even though the neighbor's dogs ate all their turkey. So it yep, worked
0: out. The and then it's a beautiful Christmas night and it's snowing and the mom and dad are in the living room and they're looking out the window. The tree has got the light like all the lights are off in, in the living room. Except for like the Christmas lights. And then they can see like the snow falling from the front window. And like the dad is sitting there and he's got like tea or coffee or a drink or something, you know, and he's sitting there. The mom comes over and like sits next to him, like on the arm of the chair and like, oh, it's so beautiful. And he like puts his arm on her and she puts her arm around him. And it's just, it's nice and pretty.
1: Yeah, it's sweet. You're like, ah. Oh.
0: And then we cut to Randy sleeping with a zeppelin in his bed. And Ralphie is sleeping with his BB gun, which
1: (laughs) hope isn't loaded. We hope hope
0: it'sn't loaded because it's pointing at Randy. Basically, Randy's gonna get shot at some point in this situation. Yep, sleeping with his BB gun. And then you know, all the world is fantastic, and then it ends.
1: We get the end credits. And
0: so Merry Christmas, everybody.
1: Yep. (laughs) That's the end of a Christmas story.
0: Yep. The restaurant is, so the sign, It's the restaurant is called Bowling and Sons Chop Suey Palace Company. That's what it says on the door. And then on the sign above the restaurant, it says Bowling and then Chop Suey Palace Company. And it's Bo and then Ling, but they have a neon sign that actually says Bowling, like Bowling Alley, and the W is out. And so it, then it says Bowling. And so I don't know. if the, I don't know. I've been reading some stuff about that, and I don't know if that was something they did or if that was real. It was a real Chinese restaurant that they used to film it in. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that was the real name of the place and if it really had been like a bowling place. Or if they just got like a sign cheap and realized they could use it without the W to do their name. Or I have no idea. Yeah, but
1: I don't yeah. either. So.
0: so, yeah, the DVD commentary. So there was a 2003 edition of the DVD that came out. And it has commentary by Bob Clark, the director, and then Peter Billingsley, who played Ralphie. And so some of the things they talk about in that was that with the exception of the exterior shots of the school, all the snow was it was frozen water, but it wasn't real snow. They actually made it, they actually sprayed it and put it all down. They
1: make some so so Lake Tahoe has snow making machines. That the mm-hmm. ski resorts use to kind of supplement when there's not a lot of snow <laughs> in the winter. So people yeah. can still ski. And when we had the Caldor fire recently, I say we, I don't live there anymore. My family lived there and had to evacuate, but they were using the snowmaking machines to help like water the ground and keep things cool and cool the air and put moisture in the air to keep the fire away. So it was just kind of interesting to see them use them that way.
0: Yes. Cause they did film during winter in mm-hmm. both locations. They filmed, and they filmed in Toronto and then in Cleveland. But the only real snow was actually outside the school. Yeah. Outside of Toronto. Everything else was like, it was cold. Like, as you see their breath all the time, like it really was cold, but it actually was not snowing. Yeah. So they were. And
1: you can't control so the weather. So make, you got to make it. Yeah. Own. They had to make
0: all the snow. Even the snow on the trees, like in that one scene, which looks like you're thinking like, oh my God, how they did that? Was that they just, they sprayed the trees down with the mm-hmm. snow machines and made all that snow. So that's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's they did a really cool. good job because there are, there are scenes where, like the snow is like all dirty and tramped down. And so like they. They made it look like actual, like, snow snow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it looks good. They did a really good job on that. Yeah.
1: Jack Nicholson was interested in the role of the old man, Mr. Parker, but the studio didn't want to pay for him. So that turned out for the best, according to Clark and Billingsley. And, of course, Nick, who loves Darren McGavin. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's one of those, we talked about it before, like, like, people say, like, oh, I can't imagine anyone else in the role. And it's like, I mean, I disagree with that a lot because you you never know but like this is one of those cases where I'm like "Mm, maybe I kind of agree with that a little bit because yeah there's just like there's there's layers to it that like I could not picture Jack Nicholson doing
1: this oh yeah that would I mean I'm sure he could have done a passable role and it would have been fine it might have been really good it just would have been super different because different people are going to bring different stuff so yeah wouldn't have had the same feel
0: so Darren McGavin was who Bob Clark wanted to actually get But then because, you know, Jack Nicholson was famous at that point because he had, you know, come off of a bunch of movies. And so everyone's like, oh, Jack Nicholson. But he was Bob Clark's choice. And so they were able to get him. And he actually is in two more of Bob Clark's films in Turk 182 in 1985. And then he's also in From the Hip in
1: 1987.
0: Nice. So There is, I think there's possibly two, but there's at least one like dream sequence, like daydream sequence that was cut from the movie. And it was Ralphie with his Red Rider BB gun and he's saving Flash Gordon from Ming the Merciless. And that one was cut, which is why if you've ever watched this and wondered why there is a credit for Flash Gordon and Ming the Merciless in the credit, like uh, there's not a lot of credits in the rolling credits. This Mm -hmm. is like an 80s movie, right? It's very short, but there is a credit for Ming the Merciless and for Flash Gordon. And there's no Flash Gordon or Ming Merciless in this movie at all. But that is why. Because I guess maybe like back then, like they would burn them in or something. So it was too late to change it when they decided to edit it out or something. I don't know why they're still in the credits. I think they would just cut that out because the dudes are not in the movie at all. But they do get credits for being in the movie, even though they're not.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: So, kind of weird.
1: Yeah, that is kind of weird. And then to get the stuck tongue effect at the school, that was done by using a tiny hole in the hollow pole that he sticks his tongue to. So he actually kind of sticks his tongue into the hole. And it created this like vacuum suction that he could then kind of like pull away and it wouldn't let him go.
0: Yeah, and they angle it just enough so you can't see the...
1: Yeah, uh, so you can't tell. So, I mean, it probably would have let him go if he pulled apart yeah, it,
0: it looks super real.
1: It does. Yeah, it definitely looks uncomfortable.
0: I kind of thought maybe they actually did freeze a tongue to the pole. Like just, I mean, I don't is that real? I don't know if that's real or not, honestly. I think Mythbusters did a thing about that, but I don't think I watched it or already. Oh, yeah, you know, they it, probably
1: but. did. And I don't know if I've seen that one either.
0: But I mean, obviously you would use like some slightly warm water to get off. Right. right. That, that would, that would solve the problem. So, but I kind of, but yeah, apparently he just did it with some suction, which is kind of ingenious when you think about it. Cause you would obviously be able to tell if it was a fake, like if he was just holding his tongue to it. Yeah. Just, he's, like trying to talk and stuff. And that would be, yeah. he, was, he like, wouldn't have been able to pull to keep away his from tongue
1: it on there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cause he's talking and trying to pull away and his tongue is just stuck there. So, yeah. <laughs> and then all the fake cursing. Because the only time we actually get real curse words in here is when Ralphie says "son of a bitch," and then when the old man says "bumpuses sons of bitches." Uh Those are the only like real curse words we get. All the rest is like the fake cursing. Like at one point, like the dad says like "mundane noodle" and just like just all these random words, but they're actually not random. At least Ralphie's and probably the dad's, I imagine, too, were actually written because they wanted to like have the proper cadence of like someone cursing. So they don't want just people just like randomly saying words. And so they had to actually memorize all of them. So at least <laughs> Ralphie's were like scripted and he had to memorize all that stuff he was saying the whole time. He was beating up Scott Farkas.
1: Oh man, that's so. a lot, a lot, especially because it's random. Yeah. So it doesn't seem to have a lot of continuity yeah. to remember. So, so
0: but you want to have that, you want, you know, you, you want to get that feel of like it sounds real. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, they do a pretty good job on it. Yeah. Honestly. So yeah. And then we talked about how we were gonna mention the little weird kid with the I like the Tin Man kid. According to the commentary, that kid really was weird. And those were actually his clothes. That wasn't like costuming, which seems weird because he's wearing like that kind of like Flick has a similar, like old aviator like helmet kind of thing that he's wearing. And this kid is wearing one too. And I kind of thought it was the same one, but like his is like got like a like a sheepskin lining, like it's all like fleecy inside, Mm -hmm. and like Flicks is lined inside too but it's not all fleecy looking but anyway this was apparently according to the commentary this was the kid's like actual clothes he was wearing the clothes that he was wearing like the coat and stuff isn't that would be fine you could probably fake that for 1940s but apparently the kid like creeped Peter Billingsley out because he was creepy <laughs>
1: yeah I mean he was so, creepy on the, <laughs> on the screen too so I could yeah. see that it's just and some then, random like, when kid I was watching and I was mentioning like with
0: Randy's like reactions <laughs> at one point like when he when he says like after they come back and he's like I like the wizard when he first starts talking, like the kid playing Randy is like, like he jumps, like he, like they weren't expecting him to talk or something. And then, yeah, so apparently he was creepy, he was a creepy kid. <laughs> so, yeah, and then while discussing the film's possible influence on the Wonder Years, Bob Clark mentions that Gene Shepard actually auditioned for the role of adult Kevin, the narrator in the Wonder
2: Years, <laughs>
0: because apparently he wasn't maybe the best. Person to work with, oh. was maybe a little um, too involved in some things. Mm. Um, Bob Clark just talk about like you know at some point he just had to like send him away because he was just like wanting to be. I mean like it's his story and stuff like that, but like he just wanted to be in it all the time. It was like apparently like giving advice on the side.
2: Oh, and then Bob Clark would have like, to like so
0: one mm. of those kind of things. Yeah. So according to Bob Clark, again hearsay, right? But like I guess the um, the people in charge of casting for the Years. Like, called up Bob Clark. I was like, Man, how did you work with him on that movie? (laughs) Because apparently, even just during the audition, they were like, Well, yeah, no, not this dude. So,
1: oh man, that's rough.
0: (laughs) He's got a really distinctive voice.
1: He does. Yeah. Yeah. Funnily
0: enough, Daniel Stern does the narration for The Wonder Years. Okay. And when I was looking up, because I couldn't, I actually couldn't remember who was the person who did the narration on The Wonder Years. And I wanted to reference who actually got the job. And then I just happened to look up Daniel Stern's like filmography. They made a direct to video like sequel to a Christmas story called A Christmas Story 2. And it's like six years later when they're like 15 or something. So like teenagers, right? And involved like trying to get a car and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, the person who plays the old man, this is like in 2014 or something. It's so, like um, I think only the teacher is in both movies. Like she's the oh. only person in both movies. But the person who plays the old man who plays the dad is Daniel Stern.
1: Oh, weird.
0: Yeah. So that's kind of like a weird thing. Like the guy who narrated this movie and then didn't get the role. The other dude who did get the role and then plays the dad in the sequel. That I'm not sure I'm ever gonna want to watch. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah, that was like a weird one. It's weird. I'm like oh, that's kind of weird. I wonder if that was related or not. I have no idea. Maybe they got that job because of that. Probably not. but who knows?
1: Yeah, you never know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the commentary. Commentary. I mean, it was fine. Commentary. It wasn't like groundbreaking or anything. But there was there was some cool stuff that, like you know. Yeah. It's it's nice sometimes to get information from the people, even though sometimes sometimes those are just like stories, maybe and maybe you know are, are fudged a little. We talked about that with the X Files. Sometimes you're just yeah.
1: Nick story, believes so the most good. stories people tell just for interviews, just for yeah. Flourish. Well, I mean,
0: sometimes it seems <laughs> sometimes it seems that way. Sometimes they're a little too like on the nose, so. Yeah. yeah. it's kind of nice not to just get all your information like from Wikipedia sometimes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I honestly don't think I've watched DVD commentary, like a DVD commentary track in like 20 years. I think maybe the last one I watched yeah. was like
0: I Fight Club or something. I had forgotten that it had it <laughs> and so I had never actually even listened to it. Like I've seen this movie a gazillion times. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I own the DVD. I had forgotten that it had commentary and I had never listened to it. But then when we were getting ready for this, I was like, oh, I'm going to listen to the commentary because I'm like, I'm looking at Wikipedia for stuff and looking things up and I'm like, you know what, maybe there's some stuff in the commentary that I can Yeah,
1: that might be interesting.
0: Either corroborate or just, like, contradict or just be stuff that no one talks about, so yeah. Yeah. We did mention that the movie was set in home in Indiana,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so it's, it's at the fake city, obviously.
1: Yeah, it's not real.
0: So there's no date given in the film, but it would seem to either take place in 1939 or 1940. The Wizard of Oz was released in 1939, in August of 1939, and so, like, because the Wizard of Oz characters are at the Christmas parade and they're in the store. Yeah. So in that case, 1939 would make the most sense. But then we mentioned that Ralphie's Dakota ring is actually stamped as the 1940 edition. And it's the actual ring released for that you know year. I don't know when they released those rings, though. It's so, like, did they release them ahead? Like, this is December when he's getting the ring, right? So would he be getting the 1940 ring in 39 or would he be getting the 1940 ring at the end of 1940? I don't know. Right. Yeah. So, and then the totally messed things up, the look magazine that he puts the red Rider advert in is the December, 1937 issue, but the boy's life he uses is actually the January, 1939 issue. And then like the real ad for on the boys. Life, that actually is a real boy's life magazine cover. But the actual ad on the back is actually for a baby with candy bars, not for okay. a Red Rider BB gun, because there was a Red Rider BB gun. It did not have all the stuff on it that this one does. There was one later that Daisy put out that did have all the stuff on it that this one does. Okay. But it was not branded as a Red Rider BB gun. OK, so they're kind of like conflating like BB guns. But Red Rider was a was a Daisy BB gun. But it didn't have all like the, you know, the compass and the the thing in the, when he's like, it's a thing which tells time. I always thought it was funny because I thought he was just like, didn't know the word for like clock or watch. But apparently it was actually a sundial.
1: Uh, Oh.
0: Makes sense hmm. because they wouldn't have like super mini watches back then.
1: Yeah. Stock
0: of a gun. So it was like a sundial thing. So that's why it's a thing that tells time. Gotcha. Yeah. And then there's also no mention of World War II at all in the movie. So it has to take place before like 1940 or earlier because obviously december of 1941 there's uh, a little thing you might have heard about called pearl harbor mm-hmm. that would have been in the news so yeah since that's not mentioned this, this has got to be like either 39 or 40. so it's never mentioned though
1: but mm-hmm. yes yeah, so that makes sense and the exterior filming was done in cleveland they actually scouted 20 cities before landing on cleveland and they chose it specifically because of the Higbee's department store in downtown Cleveland, which is the site of three scenes.
0: Yep, the early scene with the Christmas display window
1: mm-hmm. is
0: Higbee's actual window. They did, like, they didn't make it up for the movie, but, like, they did do those kind of things at Christmas time in Higby's. Mm-hmm. So
1: that makes sense. And then the parade scene, which was filmed just outside Higbee's. And the parade was actually filmed at 3 a.m. because during the daytime, several prominent anachronistic landmarks were visible. So they had to do it at night so you couldn't tell that it's actually 1982 or whenever they were filming Yeah, I'm
0: guessing probably like some, like maybe some branded buildings or something that wouldn't exist probably. Probably. Maybe some
1: billboards or who knows.
0: Yeah, possibly. And then obviously the visit to Santa was filmed inside Higby's as well they actually built that whole like big construction, like the big mountain with the stairs and the slide they actually built that for the movie, but then Higby's actually kept it and used it for a few years. Apparently.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like that slide would be a huge liability. <laughs> so it's funny that they actually used it, especially in the eighties. I would
0: th- Honestly, I would be more, I would think the stairs would be a bigger issue. than Well, the slide, yeah.
1: Either way, but... <laughs> but... you've got people going up and then like, pushing kids down this slide i don't know it just feels like yeah. something could go wrong but, but
0: also we're talking early 80s people weren't that, yeah that's you know, true it's true you could go ride your bike and stay out late and
1: mm-hmm. parents didn't
0: care so they didn't care they just weren't worried because yeah no one was really you. scared yeah. that
1: bad yeah. things were going to happen well yeah. some people probably were most people weren't yeah and the school scenes were shot at the victoria school in saint Catharines, ontario
0: yeah, which is just south of Toronto. I think actually it's across the the lake from Toronto. There's like a weird like bay thing up in that area, I think, but like it's just across from Toronto. So, because they did all the soundstage filming in Toronto, Ontario, so the inside of the Parker home and all the other like stage stuff was there. They also filled the tree purchasing. And the tire changing scenes outside in Toronto. Okay. And then I mentioned the Chinese restaurant was a real restaurant in Toronto, but again, I don't know if it was actually named that or if it was. Apparently, there was a documentary made where people were going through and finding all the locations, and they actually discovered, like they discovered, like the original fire engine that was used, and they actually found the location where this restaurant was. But oh, just, nice. I didn't have I didn't have access to the documentary. And everything I looked up wouldn't tell me like what the name of the place was. They just said they actually found the actual restaurant they use. And it actually was a Chinese restaurant at the time. It's actually now, I want to say it's a Mexican restaurant now, but yeah.
1: Nice. Either way, that sounds delicious.
0: Yeah. And then because it was filmed partly in Canada, it actually earned two Canadian Genie Awards in 1984. It received one for best achievement in direction for Bob Clark, and this is actually his second genie because he had previously won for Murder by Decree, and then it also won for best screenplay. Oh, nice! And then it was also nominated for best motion picture and best adapted screenplay, which is kind of weird that it won best screenplay but it didn't win best adapted screenplay. I guess maybe they wanted to spread the wealth. I don't know.
1: Yeah, so. maybe there was another one that was adapted that was really good. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. what else was in that category? <laughs> And then I largely know of this movie because of TBS's 24 Hours of Christmas Story Marathon, which was on when I was a kid a lot. So by 1996, it had been aired on TBS, TNT, and TCM a combined eight times over December 24th and the 26th. And due to increasing popularity of the film in 1997, TNT began airing a 24-hour marathon dubbed 24 hours of a christmas story which consisted of the film being shown 12 consecutive times beginning at 8 p.m on christmas eve and ending at 8 p.m on christmas day so obviously with ads and stuff that 94 minutes was flushed out and this was in addition to various other airings earlier in the month of december after several such marathons in 2004 tnt switched to a predominantly drama format and so the sister network tbs took over the marathon And then 10 years later in 2014, the marathon was broadcast on both TNT and TBS, marking the first time since 2003 that TNT aired it, as well as the first time the marathon was carried by multiple stations. And the two networks sent their airings one hour apart. So it would air from December 24th at 8 p.m. to December 25th at 8 p.m. on TBS and from December 24th at 9 p.m. to December 25th at 9 p.m. on TNT. And both networks have since run the 24 hour marathons with the one hour offset format, making it the new tradition for both TBS and TNT. And they are doing it again this year as well, so they're still doing it.
0: Yeah, so both TBS and TNT run it. Yeah, and you can basically start the movie every hour depending on which channel you're watching, right? Set up, so yeah. yeah,
1: which is how I know about the movie. I never watched it when it was on those, I think my brothers did a couple times, but I never did, so that's why I never yes, seen it
0: because people, I was gonna say, people may remember. That this was Tori's, I think she watched it a couple times for this, but she had never seen this. Mm-hmm. So actually, I think this, I think this started when you came on and did the cold check episode on Jane Lazy Inn. Maybe. And we were talking about Darren McGavin. I think that may have been when that started.
1: Oh, and I've mentioned that I had never, you're like, he's in a Christmas yeah. story. And I was like, I've I was never seen like, You've never seen a Christmas that. story. What? I know there was a so. musical that came through Seattle a few years ago and it had like, I think it had the the bunny suit also in some of the advertising, but I just, mm-hmm. it, I, I would go see musicals when I would get, especially when I would get like cheap tickets, like you would get the email from fifth Avenue and they'd be like, we have $25 tickets. That's how I saw spam a lot. So I just bought like a twenty-five dollar ticket for a matinee on a Saturday, so I'd randomly go see them. But this one, I just never managed to get to, so I didn't even see the musical. So yeah,
0: the bunny suit—I was naming off the things that people usually know from this movie. You know, mm-hmm. I was, I'd mentioned like sticking your tongue to the light pole mm-hmm. and the leg lamp, and then the fudge scene, right? I forgot to mention the bunny suit. Like that's the other big.
1: Thing yeah, that's a big one too. This. I think I might have known that too. It just didn't click in my head that that was from this movie because it's such a non-Christmas image. Mm-hmm. of a kid in like this bunny suit that i don't think i really i had seen it before but i didn't really connect it to this until i yeah, actually cause saw it's very it's,
0: it's like it i mean he's he says he looks like a deranged easter bunny he yeah
1: loves, exactly you know, it's not easter. not so, a very yeah. Christmassy thing maybe aunt
0: clara is planning to come visit for easter and so wanted to make sure that it was already there
1: maybe okay, so, yeah that would make yeah. sense yeah. Although now those big like onesies that have like animal hoods and stuff, like people love those. One of my coworkers was wearing like a reindeer one, and she posted photos on Zoom. She's like in the Christmas spirit, and I was like, or it wasn't Zoom, it was on Slack, and I was like, cool. I mean, I, I would wear one of those. I think they look really comfortable, but it's the hers didn't have like big antlers or anything weird. Yeah, so. they
0: do onesies <laughs> or did I guess I don't know. If, I don't think they're doing them now, but pre COVID. They would actually do onesie pub crawls here in Portland. Okay, in Georgia, yeah. Too. So I have a, a Harley Quinn onesie.
1: Nice. Yeah, I need to so, get, I, need, yeah. I don't own one, but I'm just, yeah, I don't know. I need to get one, I guess. I need to pick. Again, some going men.
0: back to that, like, mm, you know, I don't know. Got to think mm. for Harley Quinn. I mean, I, I pretty
1: much live in pajamas these days anyway. So. Come
0: from this. I don't yeah, know. maybe. So.
1: I also like Harley Quinn a lot. I know there's a new animated show with her. I think it's on HBO or something. I haven't seen it yet, though.
0: Yeah, I prefer original Harley Quinn. I'm not a big fan of, like, the movie Harley Quinn or how now they've basically kind of done, like sexing her up kind of thing which yeah is kind of like i don't shorts and to be honest i, like I didn't in, i like her in the little harlequin uniform i like it i like it I like the paul yeah. david version so yeah
1: yeah i didn't see suicide squad i don't care i know there's like 500 cuts of it i just i don't can't make myself watch yeah, well, it the
0: suicide squad though
1: i like the birds most recent of prey. one looked
0: interesting so yeah i would say she's in birds of prey yeah
1: i liked birds of prey a lot and yeah i know there's like a second suicide squad which i thought was the same movie and i got really confused because i didn't realize that it was a sequel because i think they're titled basically the same I don't know. It's confusing. Yeah.
0: Well, and that one's directed by um, James Gunn. who did Oh, yeah, the Galaxy yeah. too. Mm-hmm. So it looks like it might. I don't know if I'll see it, though, because DC just does not do good movies. I'm sorry.
1: They really so, don't. I don't understand why it's so hard. Marvel gets it, and DC just cannot seem to pull their heads out of the we need everything to be dark and gritty. And it's like it doesn't, though. Birds of Prey is my favorite one, and it's not dark and gritty. So maybe do more of that. Yeah. Who knows? Anyway,
0: what I do know is that in 2012, this movie was selected for preservation by the United States National Film Registry in the Library of Congress for being, quote, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant.
1: Yeah. So you got that leg don't lamp. Hit, don't
0: know if it hit one, if it hit two, it hit all three. <laughs> don't know. But it at least got one of them. Yeah. So it's now been preserved.
1: Oh, nice. So. Very good.
0: i don't know what that involves i mean there's millions of dvds floating around of it yeah you can get it on streaming sites yeah so i don't know what that being preserved actually means but it is so yay all right yeah so Tori has now seen a christmas story i
1: have i have
0: she now has two data sets for darren mcgavin i do check and she has the old man and i would almost say that like the Kolchek movies and the Kolchek TV show are separate data sets, even though it's the same character. There's there's enough variation. You could maybe... That line is blurry.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I kind of really want to track down... I mean, I remember a long time ago seeing The Natural. He's apparently in The Natural. He's in Commando. He plays an FBI agent in Commando. Oh. In Schwarzenegger. Interesting. He's obviously going to show up when we do Millennium because
1: mm.
2: he
0: plays Frank Black's dad. Okay. He actually shows up in that before he shows up in the X-Files as Alan Dulles. So, but I actually kind of want to go back and check out his old Mike Hammer stuff. Yeah. Because he starred as Mike Hammer in a TV series and I've never seen it. I kind of want to maybe go track it down and see it. Huh. So,
1: That'd be interesting. Colchak
0: kind of has that noir thing going on. Yeah. Generation, that kind of thing. It so really
1: does. It'd be
0: interesting to see the Mike camera stuff. So, plus he'd be younger, uh, uh, even younger Darren McGavin, right? Because in Colchak, he's almost 50 when he does the first movie. So, then he's like 51 in the TV show, and then he's 61 here. So, it'd be interesting to go back and look at some younger Darren McGavin.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And of course, in January, in a few short days, depending on when you're listening to this, our Patreon starts talking about *Cold Check the Night Stalker, the TV series.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. We already have both movies up there. So if you want to listen to those, you can listen to them now. Mm-hmm. And we'll have the TV series, too. So that's something coming up. So if you want that.
0: Yeah. Two per week.
1: Yeah. So, so two yeah. episodes per week, and it's $5 a month or up. So it's a pretty sweet deal.
2: Yeah.
0: But give yourself the gift of listening to us talk about Night Stalker. Yeah, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's one thing you didn't get in your stocking. And now you can get it for yourself.
0: Yeah, I doubt anyone's going to get it for you. So you should just buy it for yourself.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Treat
0: yourself. (laughs) You deserve it. Yeah. All right. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody.
1: Yeah. Merry Christmas. And if you don't celebrate. Happy holidays. If you yeah. don't celebrate any holidays, happy almost new year because somehow it is almost 2022. I don't know how time works or how that happened, but that is what I am told.
0: Yeah, and if you don't pay attention to time, then you know, happy Friday. <laughs> is it Friday? I don't know. Saturday? I don't know. What <laughs> even it is. I don't even know what day it is. So, I mean, I know what day it is. I guess, do I even know what day it is in real life when it's, we're recording this? It's, it's, Friday it's Friday today. It's Friday, yeah. I, I think, think this will come out, out on, on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, it does it go out on Christmas or Christmas Eve? I haven't decided. Oh, okay. So, well,
1: I don't know then. Yes.
0: I don't it'll know. It'll just be a whim of <laughs> my decisions. Yes. So. <laughs> and you might be listening to it two months from now. Who knows? <laughs> so, but yeah, happy whatever day it happens to be. And I hope it's a good one for you.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah. Bye. Bye. I Want to Rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded at Black Cat Studios. Hashtag really just a bedroom closet.
0: Episode production design and editing is by Lazy End Productions. Our music is Dark Science by David Hillowitz. And the truth is what we make of it by The Agrarians.
1: Our premium feed is where you can find all of our X-Files adjacent bonus episodes covering television and films that are you guessed it x-files adjacent if you like these bonus episodes tell a friend about our patreon page we'd love to have them join us
0: speaking of which
1: be sure to join us next time as we try to figure out if the truth truth is still out there merry Merry Christmas. christmas The
2: truth is what we make of it
0: Let's, let's see how that sounds. Okay. Sometimes it sounds like it's going to sound good and it doesn't, like doing the break there. <laughs> that did not sound good. So let's see if this break sounds good.